The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Cadillac. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. You can check us out today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, also 1250 and 930. We're online, pr927fm.com. And you can find the show in a watchable form on Facebook Live and on YouTube. So check us out there. Make sure you're subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. You can watch Mike Houston's press conference in its entirety. Got that for you. And a bunch of other goodies there on our YouTube page, Pirate Radio TV. <laughs> We already got one comment in the Facebook chat, and uh, he's coming in hot, and he's coming in early. Benjamin, from last week, you may remember Benjamin, don't look back, Benjamin, where he said we should not look back at ECU's loss to South Carolina. Well, now he wants to look back at last week because he made a prediction, but Benjamin, I don't know if we can look back because you told us last week you didn't want us to look back you're not that guy pal trust me you're not that guy so i don't know if i'm gonna bring up anything from last week benjamin i i don't know what you want from me uh more on that in a moment all right big show planned for you blake pro former ecu wide receiver was killing it at vikings training camp before suffering a season-ending injury we'll talk about his great play at training camp now his rehab what's next for blake pro and uh, talk some Pirates as well as ECU victorious over Marshall and a lot of great receivers and uh, tight ends in that game from Saturday night. We'll ask Blake about that and his thoughts on ECU through three weeks of the season. We'll talk to another former Pirate at 4 o'clock. Kevin Monroe will join us on the Fixed NC Live line. Uh, We've talked to Kevin after the first two losses. Figured we should get him on to talk about a win today. So Kevin Monroe will join us. He was there in Huntington calling the action with the voice Jeff Charles. Camo joins us at 4 o'clock. A couple of current Pirates join us at around 420. Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith talked to those guys yesterday inside the Pirate Radio studios. We ran out of time on Monday's show, so we'll hit those interviews uh, with those two gentlemen coming up today. And the second hour, and Stephen Igo hoist the colors will be here as well at around 4:40 on into hour number three. We'll make some picks. His Broncos are two and zero, uh, and we'll see if he knows anything about Charleston Southern. Uh, we will dive into Charleston Southern coming up Thursday on Pirate Radio Live. David Shelton uh, is the beat writer for Charleston Southern for the Post and Courier. 
down in South Carolina. So we'll talk to David Shelton coming up Thursday on the show because I got to be honest, I do not know much about the Buccaneers other than they beat the Citadel and lost to Monmouth. That's about all I can tell you right now. So uh, we'll get a closer look at them later in the week. We'll see if I go knows anything about them coming up later today. Also, the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, will run through the college football card with us. Interesting game coming up Thursday night between Appalachian State and Marshall. And App State is a seven-point favorite. Jeff Nadeau has already made a play on that game. So uh, we'll talk about that Thursday nighter and a lot more coming up with the big man on campus in about 40 minutes or so. All right, let's uh, hit today's rundown. Shirley Rhodes and Chandler Honeycutt are here. Uh, and intern Jalen just dropped by as well. Intern Macon on the way out. Did some great work earlier in the day. And, uh, folks, we will uh, – let's get to the rundown. Let's get to Mike Houston's comments from today. If we have time at the end of the show, we'll play more of these. Uh, but do want to hit just his opening comments coming off the win. East Carolina victorious and come from behind fashion against Marshall. And here's what Mike Houston had to say about it. Good to be back. Um, good to come back off of uh... – a really uh, impressive showing by our kids and uh, a big road win for our program. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know everybody is, a, you know, just, uh, you know, the best feeling in the world Saturday night is a great, uh, great scene in our locker room and just an incredible time with the, with the players after the game. And, you know, it made for a, a, a really enjoyable plane ride home. So, um, you know, the food tastes better today. The the sun is brighter, and you know the air is a little more fresh, and you know so it's uh, winning. Winning helps a lot of things. So uh, excited to get uh, get a big road win over a very very good opponent uh, in a very challenging uh, atmosphere and situation. Uh, so uh, should be a, should be a win we can build on. And looking forward to being back at home this weekend uh, in front of a home crowd in Daddy Ficklin Stadium, expecting a large crowd and. Uh, excited about the matchup with Charleston Southern. Winning indeed cures all, and this is a uh, a great opponent to have following a win. I think uh, Charleston Southern because you can build on it, pick up another win, which will give you two positive upbeat weeks uh, before you play the conference opener against Tulane coming up next Saturday, three thirty at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. So Pirates uh, getting back to work this week. We talked to the guys in the players' lounge yesterday. Seems like they had the right mindset, the right head on their shoulders, that they're not going to celebrate that victory over Marshall all week. They're going to get back to work and try to turn it into something. We talked to The Voice about this earlier uh, in the season, I think going into the South Carolina game, that ECU's had a win here and a win there over the last few years, but have been unable to really stack wins together. And now you got an opportunity to get two in a row, and you can turn that into three in a row and then just, just keep it going from there. But one week at a time, up next is Charleston Southern for East Carolina. Uh, we will have more Mike Houston comments uh, if we have time coming up later on in today's program. All right, um, number two on today's rundown, relax. R-E-L-A-X, Aaron Rodgers' famous words from years ago. Also a great 80s song. Who sang that? Oh, uh, Frankie loves Hollywood. All right, look it up. (laughs) Google Google it up. Google Google it it up. up. Frankie loves Hollywood. That is a pop band. Did they have any other hits, or was it were they a one hit wonder? Um, I think they may have been a one hit wonder. I think they relaxed and just did that one. (laughs) 
hold on, hold on. Boo. Uh, no, nah, that was good. Uh, Two Tribes was the song. I don't even remember that one. The Power of Love. Now, when I think of The Power of Love, I think uh, of Huey Lewis. Lewis. And the news. And the news. Ah, uh, and Peter Cetera did The Power of Love. No, that was The Glory of Love. Never mind. They also had a song that... Um, it's funny because Chandler says this every time somebody walks in his house. Uh, welcome to the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> welcome to the Pleasure Dome. That's... Mine is welcome to the Thunder Dome. <laughs> oh, you got my you got my house wired or something? Mine is welcome to the Johnny. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Uh, Shirley's is the Love Shack, baby. That's right. Look, um. Did I get that right, though? Yes, Shirley. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. You're right, like you always are. No, I just wanted to clarify for my own... Personal know. scoreboard? Yes. <laughs> All right. Sponsored by the Buck? Mm-hmm. Speaking of being right, I will always accept tweets like this. John Moody says, You called it yesterday on Pirate Radio Live. Packers bounce back, score 35, and get a win. Keep it up, big man near ECU campus. I saw that. that <laughs> uh, yeah, Packers did indeed bounce back last night. Kind of an ugly game, ugly start for them. They were trailing at halftime, right? Was it 17-14? Yeah, they couldn't stop the uh, Detroit offense there for a moment. Now, Detroit put up a ton of garbage points against uh, San Francisco, but they've been pretty frisky in their first two games. But, yeah, it was 17-14 at the half, and then the Lions shut out there in the second half. And – um jared golf looked like the wicked witch of the west when it started raining because he just melted and the ball kept slipping out of his hands hands. he fumbled a snap (laughs) he fumbled a snap he fumbled one that he like went back to pass he was pulling his arm back and 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 peyton manning said that's something we practiced every week two times a week me and jeff saturday even if we were playing in the dome we practiced with a wet ball let's give out our manning fest grades for week two 9.5. (laughs) 9.5. All <laughs> right, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, some And look, it's... I'm loving the guests, too. It's 2021. We got to criticize everything, even if it's cool. I, and Especially when something becomes too cool, then you have to start really criticizing it. Um, sometimes the guest and the lag on it is a little uncomfortable. Especially when Brett Favre and Peyton Manning kept... Like, Chandler, you say something. I, hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now you go. Right. You go. Yeah, yeah, well, but, you go. You, but uh, no, you go in that, and I'll. But what about? All right, so we both keep talking, but but I'm gonna let you go this time. Uh, okay, well, uh, are you there? Anyway, oh, I'll okay. go ahead. That happened pretty much the entire time they were trying to talk to Brett Favre, and Rob Gronkowski's kept freezing up. There was one time it was just like he was talking, but he was just frozen. <laughs> Gronk was great. Yes, he was. Gronk was great. He I did, did see that. He just is a big giant like eight, eight year old yeah um and pat mcafee was great great as the, always the story of red 18 he was uh he was a lot of fun patrick willis kind of had a farve issue although part of it is on peyton manning because he he likes to do this too chandler tell me about um your last high school game oh you, man what I, happened in that I, game we'll see i actually played in because it reminds me of my last one where i had all this stuff happen to me but what about yours well we played in tarboro because Tar- in the third quarter of that one i was thinking of it, that happened did that happen to you too well we played uh tarboro who had three running backs Todd Gurley went to tarboro i remember him he played for the rams and falcons uh, what's he doing now i wonder I, I, but anyway what about the game you were talking about well they just uh we got to take a break stick with us through the break if you can we'll be right back 
Peyton Manning has a hard time letting the guy answer his question. I haven't noticed that, but I think I, now that I think back on it, I do see that. And you, talking about going to break, going to break is so awkward because the part, it's a lot of times the guest is talking. They're like, "All right, we're going to break. We'll, we'll be right back." Because Pat so McAfee abrupt. twice did uh, Peyton say that was a good punt, and it would just be silence, and it would go to break. And I don't know if Peyton was actually playing with him and just wouldn't say it, but I think it was more of Peyton didn't hear it, and then it just goes to break immediately. And uh, but having said all that, it is awesome. They were able to handle a a game that really got away last night due to Peyton, Eli, a little bit of Eli, and um, um, Pat McAfee is who I was thinking of. And by the way, Steve Hill, uh, Shirley, um, you were wrong. Oh, what? Frankie may love Hollywood, but the group is called Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, well, I was close. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just saying. They love it so much that they went there. <laughs> so anyway. They're still there. There's that. Uh, yeah, another A plus for And then for Peyton Manning Manny. talking about Tom Brady having his house wired. And oh, outside, that was a great segment And then there. said that he would have to, like, gather his offense in the sh- like in the farthest corner of the showers so they, so the bug wouldn't uh, pick up on what they were saying. He said was, the Patriots had the whole uh, place bugged. Uh, Eli, uh, Eli was like, "Yeah, we played in Lucas the Oil Super Stadium Bowl. in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Were you guys afraid that they just left the whole place bugged when you got back in the off season?" So I thought that was pretty funny. Led to uh, to a great conversation. So that was awesome. Uh, big fan of that. I've been a big fan of the Carolina Panthers the first two weeks of the season. They are one of a handful of teams, Chandler, that are 2-0 and against the spread. But I'm a little nervous about seeing 7.5. Yeah, I don't like that, especially in the National Football League. That's very high. Uh, uh, Davis Mills starting at quarterback. The Texans stink, but they've been very feisty in their first two games. Total, they played uh, Jaguars, and then they played the Browns on sunday yeah i mean they were in the game against the browns they took it to the jaguars uh total is 43 and a half that's a very low scoring game i'm going to do that thing where i try to see what if it's 43 and a half and a seven point spread 27 to 20 would be 47 25 to 18 there we go so around can the texans get to 20 panthers defense has been fantastic that'd be impressive if if they can especially with davis uh is it david mills it's Davis. Now you're Davis. Now you're disrespecting their starting quarterback. I'm starting to really uh, lean towards bulletin Houston. board material. They're going to pick this up. Davis Davis Mills. So if they can get to 18 points, um, let's see. The Panthers have given up 14, and then they also gave up seven on Sunday. So I'm not going to do the math, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, that'd be impressive if they can get to 18, 20 points. So. What math are you not doing? 14 plus 7? And then divided by 2. 21 divided by 2? Yeah. 10 and a half, 10, yeah. Something like that. 10 The point. Panthers actually defensively are leading the league in many categories, some of the biggest categories uh, when it comes to defense. That young defense, I'm telling you, I love it with Brian Burns and then Hassan Reddick. Uh, complimenting him on the other side. So the biggest thing I want to see is uh, offensively. How can we do offensively on the road? Thursday night, short week. Short week. Um, Oh, Tony Dunn says lock. I'm I'm taking the Texans. Oh, no, it's the Dunn lock of the week? Dunn lock. 
I can't wait to see what the Brock lock of the week is this week. Uh, we'll have that for you later in the week. Uh, Blake says, regardless of a Panthers win, what's the over-under for Christian McCaffrey fantasy points? 25 and a half, 24 and a half. I, I was going to say like 22 and a half. The baseline is 20, pretty much. Yes. PPR league especially. He's going to get the ball. Don't worry about that. He's going to get it a lot. So, there you go. Panthers and Texans coming up Thursday night. Uh, let's take a quick look at the MLB playoff races. Thank you to the Baltimore Orioles, the worst team in baseball, for beating Philadelphia last night. That helps out the Braves. The Braves now have a three-game lead uh, over the Phillies thanks to Atlanta's win over Arizona. So that race is still going on. The Braves and Phillies will play a few games next week in Atlanta. We'll see if uh, how close it is when they meet up next week. Uh, Central division's over. That'll be the Brewers division. There's a great race in the West between the Giants and the Dodgers. Giants up one game. Both of those teams have clinched a playoff spot. So the wild card's either going to be the Giants or the Dodgers taking on, it appears to be the Cardinals, uh, St. Louis. Three games up on the Reds, four games up on the Padres, four and a half on the Phillies. Uh, AL wild card is still uh, going on in a tight race between the East teams, and right now the Red Sox have an advantage. Blue Jays are a half game up on the Yankees. A's are two games back. I goes Mariners three games back, still with a chance. So those are the teams alive there. And in the AL East standings, the Tampa Bay Rays run away with the uh, the East. The White Sox have ran away with the Central a long time ago. And the Astros are going to end up winning the AL West. So that is a look at the standings, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. One game going on now. That is the White Sox and the Tigers tied at two. Games with playoff implications tonight. Once again, the Orioles and Phillies play 705 ESPN Plus, and you can hear it here on Pirate Radio. Yankees are home against the Rangers. The Mets and Red Sox play at Fenway at 710. Blue Jays lost last night to the Rays. They play them again tonight in Tampa Bay. Dodgers and Rockies in Coors Field. The Braves and Diamondbacks once again. Mariners and A's, huge one for Igos Mariners. They beat the A's last night. And then Giants Padres coming up on FS1 at 1010. So there's a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by Da Buck. Da Buck. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk to former ECU wide receiver. Blake Prohl will talk about how his injury rehab is going after a, uh, man, a tough one. He was playing great uh, at Vikings practice. We were seeing highlights every single day and then suffers a freak injury. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the Pirates when we return with Blake Prohl. He joins us after this timeout. listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear now back to the show welcome back are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential copy pro has been in eastern north carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income 
Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Still to come on today's show, Kevin Monroe, former Pirate, now the color analyst on the Pirates IMG Learfield Sports Network. He'll join us at 4 o'clock. Steve and I goes in later on. We got some current Pirates joining us in the Players Lounge, Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith. And we'll look at week four of the college football card with Jeff Nadeau coming up next segment. But right now, we'll head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to a former ecu wide receiver blake prole joining us today on the program blake great to catch up with you man how you doing today i'm doing great thank you guys for having me yes sir and uh blake well let's talk about the uh i guess the bad news man we were following you this offseason and you know following the the minnesota vikings team account the beat writers accounts and it seemingly every day had a highlight or two of you making a play and uh, making a great catch, running a great route, and you were well on pace to be, at the very least, uh, a Vikings practice squatter, but potentially making that 53-man roster. And then the the freak injury happens. And uh, in an article I read, Blake, uh, it said your your knee buckled in a non-contact fashion during a one-on-one drill. Um, you know, you can you know, verify that or not, but. Man, uh, tell us about the, the great camp you were having and, unfortunately, how it all came to an end over the summer. Um, yeah, it was, it was going really well. Um, it was towards the end of camp, and we were having a joint practice with the Denver Broncos. So, um, yeah, it was a one-on-one towards the really the beginning of practice, um, and it was, it was non-contact. Uh, it was a pretty harsh cut that I tried to cut off you know, one leg with, which isn't smart, but it was a lot of adrenaline, first joint practice and stuff like that. And I had been doing really, really well. So, you know, I think it just kind of got the best of me. And yeah, my knee buckled pretty good. And it was pretty, it was pretty nasty, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I'm just rehabbing now up here. And um, so the camp, the camp, as far as the camp, though, yeah, I mean, I was getting the offense down getting reps with the twos um sometimes the ones depending on you know the day and stuff like that so the good thing is you know i'm here i'm in meetings i go to practice i lift i have treatment i'm on ir so um yeah so i'm still grateful to be here and because i was a free agent so you know they easily could have sent me home with an injury settlement or whatever so um i had to be doing something right i guess um but yeah it's, it's going well that's awesome. So you're on IR. Are you still? But you're still there with the Vikings. Yeah. Okay. I got um. Yes, sir. So yeah, I'm there every day. That's great. Uh, what is the? Uh, you went over a little bit of it there, but what's the day to day like with your your rehab, Blake? And what is the? I guess the outlook on you, you know, getting back on a field, running routes, catching balls again. What, what, what's the timetable look like on all that? Yeah. Um. So it's gonna. It's kind of. Like an ACL, it's just a little bit extra. Like I kind of did a little bit more this time, but um, it's the same kind of timetable as an ACL. Um, maybe adding a few months, but by next training camp slash OTAs, like I've talked to them. Um, I'll, I should be like running routes and all that by OTAs, but they they probably will save me a little bit for camp. Um, is from what they've told me. So um, right now I'm just kind of like 
taking my time and making sure I do everything right so I can be back at the same level I was or obviously like I want to be better than I was physically and mentally for next camp and kind of hit the ground running to make the active um just like I was on track to do this time so Blake you've always had a, a great resource there uh, obviously in, in your dad uh, the great Ricky Pro and uh through the the draft process through the the training camp i'm sure you you had a lot of questions he had advice for you and now how about during the injury process this is not you know the first time you've dealt with an injury you had one earlier in your career here at ecu if i'm not mistaken so you've been able to bounce back before you know you can do that but how much uh has he and and maybe some other people that have gone through that before uh helped you out through this yeah um well, the funny thing is, my I do go to my dad for lots of advice, but injuries is one where he didn't. He was lucky; he played 17 years and never had surgery one time. Wow! So, so for me, like, he he is very smart and he played and played through injuries and stuff like that. Um, so he is he knows the game and knows the body well and how to perform through injuries. Um, but this specific one, it's tough. You know, he there's common sense things that he knows, but I really listened to the doctors who, you know, cause this was a pretty um, big injury. So yeah. it's funny that you said that though. Cause my dad, luckily he didn't really have to go through surgeries or anything like that. So. That's nuts. And, I knew he had a long career, Blake. Couldn't imagine he got through it surgery free. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but I have, I'm thankful for a lot of my trainers here. I mean, we have one of the best um, medical staff um, here at the Vikings, one of the best surgeons um, here. And a lot of my teammates, I mean, I'm really close with a lot of my teammates. Um, uh, I know Adam, Adam Thielen is somebody I'm pretty close to now, and he's been through some injuries, and he's helped me a lot just mentally and coming in every day with the same attitude. It's really good to have people like that to talk to every day and be around and go to practice with and be in meetings. But it kind of keeps me busy. Um, and then I love treatment cause I'm getting better every day, even though it sucks and it hurts. Um, I'm able to get better and push through some pain and the next day I feel that much better. So I just kind of take it one day at a time. That's great to hear. And, uh, and great. You have a, a solid attitude about it, Blake. And uh, I was going to bring up Adam Thielen, another undrafted free agent. And, and if there's a bar set for undrafted free agent receivers, that's the one you want to look at. That's the one you want to be like. Uh, he has put together an incredible NFL career, still getting it done this year. I think he has two touchdowns in two games for you guys. And uh, he's, he's got to be a great uh, resource. And, and as you said, a, a great friend for you to talk to about what you need to do to have a successful NFL career. Yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. Um, if there's a place, that was meant for me. It was definitely the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, this is the organization is, you know, they're not as much as like, you know, whoever we got, whoever we drafted gets first dibs. It's kind of like, that's why Adam is who he is. He works his butt off to get where he is. And they see a lot of him in me. Um, it's funny. They kind of call me feeling 2.0. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I really just study him like everywhere. Even right now I'm on a scooter during practice on the grass watching practice and I just study study how he runs his routes, study how he films, how he watches film and um, there's a lot of things, little things off the field that he does that that uh, separates him and that's why he's so successful on Sundays um, and it's crazy to watch that process but it's not just him too, it's also Justin Jefferson, um, we got somebody, his name's KJ Osborne, I mean there's a lot of people for me to learn from, even Kirk Cousins like even though he doesn't play my position, he's just the the things that they do 
outside of the field that translate to their game is crazy. So I'm just, like I said, thankful to be around it every day and have relationships with those guys. Blake Pearl joining us. Blake, I'm going to talk about the Pirates win in a moment, but I just thought about this. So let's see, Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago, ECU loses on a last-second field goal to South Carolina. Week one, the Vikings lose in overtime on a kick to the Bengals. Week two, the Vikings miss a kick at the end to lose a game. Like, man, you it's been pretty rough for your teams here the last couple weeks. Struggling. I, it's, I can't even tell you, like, I am like had, almost had a heart attack like two weekends in a, in a row. Like the first one, like you said, the first weekend happened to ECU, and then the next day we we do the same. It's like golly, I can't even like catch a break. And then obviously I was super excited. It was like a roller coaster this past weekend when ECU. I was on the phone with Tyler Sneed um, after the game in the locker room, like celebrating with him over Facetime, which was really funny, and uh, it was awesome. And then next thing you know. We missed the field goal, but um, we got a great team and a great roster. It's, it's crazy how you can be 0-2, but two two plays away from 2-0 and like that. And it's, The thing about the league is I'm figuring out and learning is every game is close pretty much. I mean, it's pretty rare that a team is blowing another team out in this league because yeah. everybody's so good. So it's, that's the difference, though. You know, you got to win those games that are tight, but we're moving on now. I mean, we got the Seahawks at home. So that'll be a challenge as well, but I'm excited to watch our guys compete for sure. The Seahawks love to play tight, wild ball games too, so go ahead and expect another one. Get the heart pills ready for Sunday. We'll we'll be ready this time. (laughs) Uh, Blake, uh, man, you know, at this point for ECU, uh, Tyler Sneed and and C.J. Johnson are pretty household names for for ECU fans. Uh, How about a a guy, and and Audio Matosho has been in the program a while, but, man, he took a step forward uh, there late in the game for East Carolina on Saturday night. And then Shane Calhoun, the tight end, eight catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. It was awesome to see Holton Aylers not just relying on, you know, the old faithful he's gone to in the past. The Pirates had a lot of guys stepping up the other night. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, those guys have been putting in the work. Um, obviously, Shane's a little bit younger than Audie, but um, starting with Audie, I mean, Audie, I – since the first time I've seen Adi, um, obviously I've played this game for a while. Um, my whole life, been around the game, studied the wideout position. Adi has always had just a natural knack for running routes and beating the man in front of him. Um, and I think he's starting to really come into his own mentally. And he, I mean, the sky's the limit for Adi. I can't wait to see him start to get into his rhythm, just like you saw on uh, Saturday night. And it'll just get better and better as he starts to grow into that role because it is like a rhythm thing, um, and I think he is growing into that because he he's a he can be so good of a receiver, especially for ECU and the way we like to throw the ball, especially when we get going. And Shane, I mean, Shane's all since he came in, he's a little bit younger, but he's a I mean, he's a beast as well. And you guys got to see that Saturday too. And like you said, when when Holton's able to rely on guys and he trusts everybody around him, that's when Holton is able to do what he does um, and run around and make plays like that. And that helps Tyler and CJ as well um, kind of get pressure off their backs when you know defenses might be shadowing them. So I think it's the beginning of something great. A furious rally the other night, Blake. East Carolina down 17 with seven and a half minutes left to go. They come all the way back and win it. When you're watching the game now – 
your your buddies are on the team your friends are on the team so i'm sure you're nervous for those guys but are you uh critiquing the team are you you watching it like a fan how do you how do you watch an ecu game now that uh you're a, a year for, removed from the team that is funny um yeah it's kind of a little bit of both um i definitely critique because obviously like i watch film all the time like there's a way to play the game so i'm always critiquing um but at the same time like obviously like a lot of my brothers are on that team so i'm also cheering like a fan but i'm also critiquing at the same time if that makes sense it's a little bit of both it's a variety that's awesome and uh glad you could get a win man you needed it after your uh experiences there the first couple of weeks uh talking to blake pro blake uh great to catch up with you man and hear uh, your spirits are high so you're gonna bounce back from this and you know it, and I uh, can't wait to to see you back on the field. Uh, like you said, and, and like I said earlier, you were uh, appeared to be playing great in training camp. So uh, one day at a time, right, Blake, uh, to get back on the field eventually. Definitely, yes, sir. One day at a time. Blake, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, we'll keep in touch. Do it again down the road, but we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. There is Blake Prohl, former ECU wide receiver. How about that, Chandler? I thought about it as I was talking to him, that little sequence with ECU losing on a field goal, Vikings losing on a field goal, next week Vikings missing a field goal. Yeah, it's been two straight <laughs> tough weeks for the Vikings. Ah, man. they are, And now they got it's Seattle coming stretch. up. Yeah, and you know Seattle likes to play those wild games that come down to the end. So the Vikings are just going to be that team, it looks like, this year. Yeah. We'll see if they can win a few uh, close ones at the end. All right, let's uh, get a break in. We'll come back when we return. The big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. Looking forward to Thursday night. Not only do the Panthers play, we got App State and Marshall. Should be a good game. Jeff already has a pick on that. And uh, we'll find out what it is coming up and uh, go over the rest of the slate as well. When we return, a lot of college football talk on the way with Jeff Nadeau after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful. And that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank and Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank and Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We'll get to our ECU report brought to you by Bud Light in a moment. There is a, a weird thing going on between Washington quarterback Taylor Heineke and Heineken. Heineke. Heineke. He's trying to get that Heineken endorsement. Uh, he said today he's working on it, but they won't budge. At some point, I'll start calling out Bud Light, uh, to which Bud Light just responded on Twitter, ready and waiting. So <laughs> Heineken might have missed their opportunity to be in the uh taylor heineke camp and it, it appears bud light the official beer of the pirates and the bud light pregame tailgate 
uh, is going to jump on board with Taylor Heineke. So there you go. Well done, Bud Light. All right, let's uh, let's talk college football. We'll look at the Week Four slate and uh, go over some games with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, who joins us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Big man, how you doing today? Pretty good, Clip. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Last time we talked to you, uh, you were coming off uh, just seconds off a a loss in college football. Hopefully, things turn for you that Saturday night and on Sunday. And I know you're coming off a winner last night, so uh, you in better spirits this conversation with us. Well, I mean, I, I didn't have a great, great weekend, but I, I definitely found some winners late. Uh, I hit with a total on Saturday night. I hit with, uh, I had the Ravens. I had uh, the over in the Viking Cardinal game. You touched on the win last night. I had a couple of losses thrown in there, but, you know, I had a small losing week. But all of a sudden, I actually, from your call on, I, I did okay. Jeff, question on the, uh, the East Carolina line. They're playing an FCS opponent this week, Charleston Southern. Uh when do we usually start to see those lines trickle out, Jeff? I haven't seen anything yet. Maybe it's out there and I just hadn't seen it. But when do we start to see FBS versus FCS lines during the week? Yeah, I don't, you won't see them till Friday. Um, you know, when you look at where the line should be, I don't know. I mean, Charleston Southern's actually not a bad, uh, not a bad um, football team I, I don't know i would say east carolina will be a sizable favorite but it's not going to be I, I took a stab at it jeff i saw their last score against monmouth where they got beat pretty good they did beat the yeah. citadel the previous week i said like 28 i mean is that a fair guess i wow i was gonna say uh 19 and a half okay so maybe i'm a little high all right uh, i mean we and i could be wrong i mean i you know charleston southern generally is a pretty good uh fcs team but you know, East Carolina, as you know, as you know, has struggled with these games over the years, and yeah, you know, this is a team that you know will maybe struggle to get to a bowl game. So, but look, I will say, I mean, and I I texted you uh, kind of as that was <laughs> yeah. all going on Saturday, and I, look, I was blown away. Um, it was it was kind of a surprise thing to a lot of people, um, and I think I can use it to my advantage this week with Marshall. So. Uh, yeah, a great win for the for the for the Pirates, and and they've got to be happy with it. Jeff Nadeau joining us. I wanted to touch on that game first because it's two East Carolina opponents that we've already seen. App State Week One took care of the Pirates in Charlotte, and then last week ECU making the furious comeback to knock off Marshall. They play each other coming up Thursday night in Boone, and Appalachian State is a seven point favorite. So after seeing Marshall uh, the other night, Jeff, and after. Seeing what App State's done, not only against ECU, but on the road to Miami, nearly pulling off an upset there. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I actually, um, I played Marshall here. Uh, I took seven and a half down to seven. I, I think that's a okay number as well. I, I just kind of had this pegged as, as a close game. You know, I think a lot of people will look back at last week and say, well, Marshall lost East Carolina. Um, you know, that's true, but Marshall w- was able to move the football. Defensively, they didn't have a good game. I think you'd have to expect to come back with a lot more fervor this week. N- no issues that Marshall had. They have a good offensive line. They have a good quarterback. They're a good offense. Um, two good quarterbacks, I think, duel it out here. I think these two teams are on similar footing. Um, I think the number's a bit high. I'd have put it more like four as opposed to seven. Uh, I think Marshall of a loss, we're getting a little value here with this group. I took the seven and a half with them. Real quick, Jeff, uh, another game involving an in-state team. Wake Forest is, is overlooked. You know, nationally, they're overlooked here in the state of North Carolina. They're, they're just kind of boring. They're, they've been called Switzerland, where, you know, they're they're just kind of in the middle. 
um, but they they take care of business against Florida State last week. Now they're on the road at Virginia, who played in a shootout with North Carolina, and the Cavs are a four point favorite at home, sixty eight and a half total in this game coming up on Friday. Jeff, any thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I actually um, this is probably my favorite play of the weekend. Okay, actually, right out of the gate, um, I, I played this at sixty six and a half. Uh, it's been bet up to sixty eight. I took the over. Um, this is one of those games that I call perfect storm wager, um, where everything you want, you have. You look at tempo. Both these teams are very fast. Uh, you look at Virginia. I mean, this is one of the – actually, it is the best passing offense in the country. Nobody throws for more yards per game than they do. Uh, the passing play percentage is very high. This is a defense that is not good. They're not good against the pass. Uh, keep in mind, Clip, as well, Virginia, giving up eight yards a carry on the ground. This is a bad defense. Wake's going to obviously run the ball more than they throw, but they have a good quarterback they think knows that he can open the field up in the play action against this defense. But gladly I'll take them to just kind of bash Virginia. I think both teams will score. Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback at Virginia, is actually quite good. They've got plenty of skilled players, plenty of playmakers. Um, I thought this number, um, you know, kind of was the right number. I just think, to me, it was shaded a bit too low. I played the over 66.5. I think we see if this is probably first to – the 35 is going to win, and I think if we can get that or first to 40 wins, this one will go over. Keep in mind, last week Virginia won, or sorry, lost 59-39. Yeah, uh, this is a team that wants to play shootouts. Both teams offensively are going to have success. I can't remember how many they finished with against Illinois, but I remember watching that game during the pregame show, and Virginia had 14 points in the first like three minutes. I think they slowed down a little bit, but yeah, these teams get up and down. Wake Forest is certainly going to do their part to help out with that over it's uh college football tuesday here with jeff nadu we'll talk some nfl on thursday jeff i'll bounce around here and then we can circle back at the end if i miss anything that you really like but i'll just throw out some games notre dame six and a half point underdog against wisconsin this game is going to be in chicago 46 and a half total so a lower number there for college football wisconsin's got that great defense uh, what do you think about this matchup yeah, I think you know my first um, my first inkling here was um, Notre Dame wins the game. Um, I, I'm not really too concerned with the points. I, this is one of those games that you view as can the team win, and if they're going to win, take the plus one ninety on the money line. Uh, I think a lot of people though will be shaded with the fact that Wisconsin didn't play well in Week One, and they didn't. Um, what are they as a team? You know, both these teams are, are you know, obviously Wisconsin's the better defense, Notre Dame's the better offense. You've got old quarterback against his old team and Jack Cohen. I think it's a really interesting matchup. Um, the better, the early better likes Wisconsin here. And I think in further inspection of this game, I kind of agree in a way. Like, I feel like if you like Notre Dame, you just take the money line. But, you know, Wisconsin, I think at the end of the day, is going to get a stop. I'm willing to believe that they're better than they were in week one. Um, and this number is six for a reason. But it is a neutral field. I believe it's in Chicago. Um, it's a great game for a neutral. Um, I, I don't. I won't probably be betting it. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, uh, Cincinnati able to go to Indiana and win last week. This week, Indiana plays at Western Kentucky. I'm looking at that saying, hey, why can't we get a Big Ten team here to Greenville if Western Kentucky can get a home game against Indiana? But I bring up Western Kentucky because we, we, we like uh, – looking at the QB and that high-powered offense. And the line here is nine. I don't know if Indiana's on quote-unquote upset alert again against Western Kentucky, but total 63-and-a-half. Any interest uh, in this one, Jeff? 
Yeah, I mean, I think in this kind of game, I'm looking towards the total. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. If, can West Kentucky keep up and, and stay within this number? I don't know. But one thing I do think they can do is move the football. I know Indiana's got a good defense, and yeah, this is a real step up. But, look, it's just that simple. Army's a good defense, no matter how you shake it. Um, are they going to score 38, 35 here, West Kentucky? Probably not. But I think they can get to the you know, 24, 21 even. I think if they can do that, this game will go over the total of 63. I don't know. I, as I think more and more, like I like West Kentucky a lot. But this has the feel to me of, like I don't know, 38, 24 or something. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm still looking at this game. Maybe a team total in West Kentucky if it's a little uh, conservative. Um, they're going to throw, 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 as long as Bailey Zappi doesn't turn the ball over. I think uh, this would be a good game. This would be a good barometer for, for Tyson Helton and this team. Jeff Nadeau joining us on a Tuesday, the big man on campus. Jeff, there are some monster spreads this week, too, uh, involving some some big-name teams anyway. Alabama, a 45-point favorite against Southern Miss. I think I saw Ohio State at a 49-point favorite, if I'm not mistaken, against Akron. Um, Vanderbilt, a 35-point underdog to Georgia. So kind of grouping these all together, Jeff. Do you, do you got any interest in laying these giant numbers or, or taking the other side on these giant numbers? Well, you no, know, I think with Alabama, I mean, you know, I'm not real interested in laying big numbers with them. It seems like they kind of lose interest in second halves against teams like this. Keep in mind, Alabama has um, uh, old Miss on deck. That's kind of mm. an interesting game, I think, for them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think in week three or even week four of um, of non-conference play like or non-division play, this is hard to do because I think a lot of teams have their eye on bigger fish, obviously, to fry in, in bigger games, and you know, the interest could kind of be lost. So I, I'd kind of almost stay away from these games and focus on um, – like a game that I would look at non-conference that, I, that I'd be a lot more interested in would be San Jose State, Western Michigan. So it's out of conference, but – um, it, it, it's a great game with two teams I think are going to care about the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to probably be getting – the biggest spread that I would get involved with would maybe be Coastal Carolina mm-hmm. against UMass. Um, UMass is, is pretty bad. Uh, they're without – I mean, they have all sorts of injury issues right now. You know, weirdly enough, Clip, I actually had UMass on Saturday. I, I remember – I think I said it on your show. I didn't understand why Eastern Michigan was yeah. so many points to them. A new match can't do it a back door, but I think Coastal kind of has their way this this week. All right, one more kind of headliner game, and then we'll we'll talk about what else you, what else you like, Jeff. But one of the favorite games I was on this year it was after a uh, an early ECU game, so I was able to go home and watch the scene at, at Arkansas when they took on Texas, and they just pounded the Longhorns that night. Well, they're back at home this week against Texas A and M. They're five-and-a-half-point underdogs. I hadn't watched a lot of A&M, Jeff, but I know that they have not been the power, at least appeared to be, that uh, folks thought they'd be heading into the season. So Texas A&M minus five-and-a-half. This is your 330 CBS game coming up on Saturday. Total at 47-and-a-half. Any lean one way or the other on this one? Yeah, I – if you go back to Pick Central, the last show I was on there, I remember they asked me, like, who was an overrated team you thought? I thought it was Texas A&M. I didn't yeah. understand the rookie quarterback and, you know, the young offensive line. And, yeah, this is a tough game. I think both teams are a lot better on defense, especially Arkansas that we give them credit for. I think this is probably first to 20 wins. Um, you know, I, I, I'm becoming more and more interested in, in Arca here at home. But I, another headliner, you know, SEC on CBS game that, 
just doesn't do a whole lot for me. One game I will say that's kind of more of a headliner is I'm blown away at how big of a dog Rutgers is. Oh, yeah, yeah, against Michigan, yeah. Yeah, I thought Rutgers, you know, is a buy-on team, and I think at this point Michigan could be a buy-against. Like, I feel like they're just a little too loved at this point. Seems like whenever that happens with Jim Harbaugh, they kind of uh, crap the bet, if you will. Michigan has been slowly bet up here to 20 and a half. Um, you know, could Michigan just kind of barometer game this and, and, and win, and Rutgers isn't the team that we, they kind of think they are or we think they are? Maybe, but – and by the way, does Michigan ever play on the road? Like every game they play is at home. <laughs> at the big house, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, something to, to to watch there. You're right. Twenty and a half. I thought I'd saw it at twenty, and then it went down, and then maybe came back up. I don't know, but twenty and a half, forty nine and a half. The total that's three thirty seven uh, on probably ABC. I would imagine. Oh yeah, one more for you, Jeff Clemson uh, and NC State. This one would have been a lot bigger if NC State. Uh, didn't lay an egg down in Starkville a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but any chance the Wolfpack can keep it within the 10 against Clemson, who, boy, they looked uh, pretty ugly against Georgia Tech. Yeah, I don't know really how to take them right now. I really don't. I, I'm just kind of staying away from them. I, you know, They could explode at any point. Yeah. Um, NC State, I thought, as you said, looked bad against Mississippi State. Um, just two teams that I don't really want to delve into right now. oh yeah i remember uh, i think that night you were tweeting like i'm um, i'm done with nc state <laughs> after that uh <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I you know i i thought they were poor and i just i thought there was an overrated against uh they, they played well against south florida but south florida sucks jeff uh what did what did we miss there's a ton of uh action going on this saturday any games uh you wanted to hit on that i didn't bring up yeah i'm gonna keep my eye on houston um clayton toon got uh uh, injured against Grambling State a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to see kind of what his status is for this football game. Uh, we'll see what Holgerson says. You know, I've been kind of picking on Navy. Um, I think you can make the case clip this is the worst offense in America. I mean, hmm. They're really bad. Um, they haven't scored more than seven points in, I think, five straight games. I mean, this is a bad team dating back to last year. Uh, Houston, as we know, firepower. I think they have a pretty good defense this year. Uh, but I'm going to have an eye on Clayton Toon on whether he plays or not. I think, obviously, I want him at at quarterback over the backup. I like Liberty. I'll kind of keep falling on that group. Anytime I think Liberty plays a team of this caliber, I'm going to buy. I think this is a big game for them. They are road uh, road favorites at Syracuse. About a touchdown, right? Yeah, and haven't been really tested. They were tested against Troy, who's actually a pretty good team. They won that game by eight. I think Syracuse is pretty bad, in all honesty. They haven't. They definitely haven't been tested. In the one game they were, they lost by double digits. It was a low-scoring game against Rutgers. Uh, I don't like their quarterback play. Tommy DeVito, I'm just not a fan of. I think Liberty gets the best of, of Syracuse. But I still have a lot to shake out on this card. The only bets that I've made so far, obviously, are, as I said, Marshall up 7.5 and, and that total with Virginia and Wake. All right, there you go. That's a Thursday nighter, uh, Marshall App State, and a Friday nighter. I believe, uh, with Virginia and Wake. Jeff Nadeau joining us. We will talk more football with him on Thursday. And also, Jeff, uh, we got another 2 o'clock start time on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. So could we get you around 3 again this Saturday, you think? Uh, whatever you want, Clip. Uh, unfortunately, it just had been to shake out that it was a bad, uh, r- really the worst time of the day. It literally happened right before. And look, look, I don't get mad usually at games, but occasionally you get those games where it's just, it's just hard to accept it for the least. You know, the well, the bad part is you kind of called it on the show last week with me where it, we're talking about Army here, and you said 
you know they're a team that doesn't get a ton of possessions but if they score touchdowns on and i think you use like six out of eight possessions or seven out of nine or whatever then you'll win well they were what six for six in the first half scoring touchdowns on possessions yeah i think they i think there were two possessions that they didn't score on and the the one that killed me was their last possession right they settled for the field goal and you know that was the difference look they can't allow a kick six it was clear Unfortunately, Jeff Munkin is like obsessed with playing like all the third string players in the second half. <laughs> you know, Keystone Cop UConn wanted to score every time they had the ball, and it, you know they wanted a moral victory. I don't know why they just didn't run the ball. The last possession was rough. It was actually on bad beats last night. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, real quick clip before I go. Yeah, um, I'm getting a story that crossed my uh, crossed here. I don't know if you saw it, but looks like a couple of Rutgers players were. Uh, were arrested recently so i i don't i gotta we gotta see what, what the story there i don't know if they're important players or what but um, hmm. not great i wonder if that's why i saw and maybe i i thought i saw that number like 18 and a half and now it's up to 21 i wonder if that has something to do with remember it. i mean people overrate like these guys might not even you know True. according to some of the comments though one of the players is is pretty good so okay. they're shooting people with paintball guns not uh oh man we had something similar to that here at ecu years ago so <laughs> it happens apparently all right big man on campus uh at patreon.com slash bmoc got the sit down podcast a lot going on and uh we'll talk more football with you some nfl on thursday jeff i look forward to a clip thanks for having me there is jeff nadu we'll talk nfl thursday we'll go over some college games with the big man on saturday during the bud light pregame tailgate our coverage begins two o'clock on saturday pirates and charleston southern coming up this uh, saturday at dowdy ficklin stadium we will talk about that one and a recap ecu marshall with kevin monroe when we return on pirate radio live kmo joins us right after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. Brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. You can watch the show on Facebook and on YouTube and people chiming in on Facebook. We were talking about Marshall and App State going at it Thursday night in Boone. Rich says he's heading to Boone on Thursday where it will be 46 degrees by the end of the game on Thursday night. Football weather creeping in as uh, we get ready for week four of the college football season. It'll be the Pirates and Charleston Southern going out of the Dottie Ficklin Stadium 6 o'clock on Saturday. And Kevin Monroe will be on the call alongside the voice Jeff Charles. And we've had Kevin on to talk about a couple of losses. Figured we should get him on after a big Pirate win on Saturday. Kevin, how you doing, man? 
I'm doing clip. Good clip. How you doing? I'm doing great. And I texted you after the game, Kevin, while we were doing the fifth quarter. And I said, I'm happy for the coaches, happy for the players. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for me. Uh, everybody's got at least a little bit of stake in this, a lot, uh, some a lot more than others. But uh, everybody needed that one Saturday night, Kevin, and a wild pirate victory. You were there to call the action. And, man, what was that fourth quarter like, really the second half of the fourth quarter, like for you uh, there in Huntington? It was just surprising. It was surprising how well the Pirates played versus – how much Marshall just kind of gave up. And when I say gave up, I mean yardage-wise and score and points-wise in terms of the way they played ECU. It was just a total different half than it was the first half. Uh, they were able to get penetration in the backfield uh, defensively, Marshall was, and they were able to do a lot of different things in the first half. In the second half, they weren't successful. They weren't successful stopping the run or the pass. Uh, and so it was just surprising to see ECU kind of turn it on and Marshall not be able to do anything about it, thinking that they were the 10-point favorites. They were the pick to win the game, you know, pick to win Conference USA, definitely the better team on paper. And uh, as the Pirates started to get in their rhythm and get going, Marshall couldn't do anything to stop them. It was, it was pretty impressive. We saw that tempo there, those last three drives, Kevin. East Carolina scoring 21 points in seven and a half minutes. Is that... Is that something moving forward? They say, okay, this works. Let's roll with this. Or, or are they going to wait until they get behind to to kind of use that tempo? How do you see them using that the, the remainder of the year after seeing how much success it had on Saturday night? So I think the, the biggest issue people sometimes have with Holt Naylor's is that he holds the ball too long. It's kind of like being a Steelers fan, you know, and watching <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger play when you just see him holding on the ball, holding on the ball, and, and, and you want him to get rid of it. And so uh, the difference is, Usually Ben makes the right decision when he's time to let it loose, and, and sometimes Holton doesn't. And so from the very beginning of the game, you could tell Holton was getting the ball out quicker. That, that, that had to be something they were practicing this, this past week in practice. You know, he was reading one half the field, and he was getting rid of the football. And so even when they weren't in tempo in terms of coming up to the line of scrimmage, he was still getting rid of the ball quick. And I think it makes him a better player when he doesn't think as much. When it's not there, you pull it down, you run it. When it's there, you make the throw. And he did a good job of that early on. And so that keyed into the into the, the rest of the game when they were able to run tempo because he was making good decisions. Some huge numbers for Ehlers. He got some help from some really good pass catchers on Saturday night. And, Kevin, there was a point in time, kind of post Bryce Williams and current day, where I just said, you know, I'm just I'm going to stop talking and, and asking about the tight ends. It's just not a part of our offense. It is in the blocking game, but not the receiving game. And how about the other night? Shane Calhoun comes out. First 100-yard game, according to Tom McClellan, since Carlester Crumpler Jr. for a tight end. you got to go all the way back to the early 90s, Kevin, uh, for a performance like that from a, a true tight end. And we saw it the other night. And, man, he was a major weapon uh, for the Pirates offense. No, it was it was really impressive, and, and and you're right. For years and years, Pirate fans have been asking, "Where's the tight end?" I played with a lot of good tight ends. Um, I didn't realize that was the first hundred yard game. That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, we've had so many good tight ends here, and it, it just kind of went away from it. it was that the spread offense comes along, and everybody's throwing the ball over the field. And you got guys like Shane Carden, you know, making all these passes, all these different receivers, and the tight end kind of gets lost, and then it just stayed like that for a while. And a year after year, we'd, we'd recruit a good tight end, but then that guy wouldn't pan out, or that guy would change positions or something like that. I mean, even Jeremy Lewis from last year, now he's a defensive end. Right. So now you've got at least two guys in Jones and Calhoun that we know can catch the football, that we know can run, 
that we can make plays. And Calhoun just had a coming out party. It was, it was fun to watch. Kevin Monroe joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Kevin, no way to know this for sure, but I'll get your prediction on it. Is this a fluke? Is this just one you know, amazing comeback on a Saturday night in Huntington, or is this the start of something? It's up to ECU now to to use that win and, and stack some more wins on top of it. So it feels like at the time, at least, uh, a season saver, but we won't know that until the end of the year. So what can the Pirates do with that victory on Saturday night moving forward? So I, I said it on the air that I thought this was a, a program-changing victory. And, and, and the reason I say that is because you know, it, it gets so easy to, to get used to losing, right? You lose, it's, it's not hard to do, you just go out there, you don't, you don't do your assignments, you don't make plays, you lose, right? And it's easy to do that. It's a lot harder to do everything the right way, to work your butt off during the week, but then go out there during the game and make plays and do your assignments and everybody's playing together and then you end the game with a victory. That's hard to do. And, and to repeat that is even harder to do. There's very few teams out there that can repeat that week after week. And so when you finally realize if you take the coaching and don't miss assignments and make tackles and make catches that you can actually win, that's a good feeling. I mean, it's a great feeling. I mean, you know, I, I played there for four or five years. We averaged seven, eight wins a season. And so it felt good to win, and we started to expect it. And so when you win a game like this, you start to realize as a player, okay, well, what the coaches are saying actually works, and we can actually, if we do it, we can actually beat good teams. And so I think if the mentality is there, that it can really change the program the way I thought when they get behind in games, they won't, you know, I'm not saying they gave up before, but they certainly didn't charge back and win. So they, that, you know, that'll start to be a different mentality. Now listen, we still ha- we're still in a very tough conference. There's still a lot of tough games out there. The Pirates aren't going to run the schedule and just win all these games. They're going to lose some more games, more than likely. But I like to think that they're going to fight to the end of every game now, knowing that they're good enough to win games when they play their best. Kevin Monroe joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. He'll be on the call coming up Saturday with Jeff Charles uh, on the Pirates IMG Learfield Network. And uh, Kevin, not a uh, great statistical game for your guys on defense. Uh, 433 yards for Grant Wells. Uh, Rasheen Ali, 189 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. But the Pirates forced some turnovers, including at the end with Jaquan McMillan getting the interception. Also, during that comeback, they had a fourth down stop. They held Marshall to a field goal, which was missed, so that was a key as well. So they didn't play great all night, Kevin, but just like the Pirates' offense, they uh, they clicked there towards the end of the game, and uh, you got to give them some credit for that, I guess, standing tall uh, in the fourth quarter. You know, it's the second straight game where they cause a fumble going into the end zone, I and mean, that's yeah. pretty opportunistic football. That's, that's a big deal. You get another interception at the end of the game right by the end zone. So they're finding a way to make plays. You're not always going to stop people. I mean, these, these teams, they practice like we do, and they got good players. And Grant Wells is going to play on Sundays if he continues to progress. That kid is an unbelievable quarterback. He's super accurate. He makes good decisions. Uh, he's, he's just smart with the football. And that running back, I mean, he was every bit as good as the, the three running backs we've seen so far this year. The, you know, the one good one at, at South Carolina and the two kid, kids at App State, he was just as good as those guys. And I don't think they thought, they thought that going in. So to be able to play against those folks and – you know, give up some yards, give up some points, but hang in there and continue to fight and get turnovers is what you got to do. They got sacks when they needed to in, in crucial situations yeah. on third down. They got interceptions when they needed to, and they caused a fumble. And so, 
it's going to happen. You're going to, you're going to give up points. You're going to give up yards, but you have to be able to, to bear down when it's a, when it's on the line, and they were able to do that. Kevin, you mentioned Grant Wells. He threw the ball 39 times. How many of those attempts were 25 plus yards? He was not afraid to air it out, and and in like you know third and five situations, he chunk it downfield. Is that as a former DB? Do you like that? Is that fun for you? Is that a little nerve wracking when you got a guy that'll throw it deep on you, no matter the the down and distance? Oh, no. As a DB, you love that. What you hate is a, is a team that runs the ball 10 straight times and then sneaks a throw. <laughs> you want a guy to back up and just start letting it loose. That way you at least know what to expect. You're covering a route every play. That's great. But, you know, as, a, as an offensive player, you know, when it's third and five or, or fourth and three, I think they had a fourth and five one time, and they threw, he threw a deep ball. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, and they didn't complete it. And so you don't, you don't want that. You know, often if you're on offense with him, you want him just to get the first down and move the chains, that kind of thing. But I love what the kid can do. I think he's a really good quarterback and had this COVID year, so he's still a freshman. Uh, is going to make wonders for his career. I think he's going to have a good career. Kevin Monroe joining us, recapping the Pirates' win over Marshall. Kevin, we don't know a lot about Charleston Southern. We'll get a closer look at them here on Pirate Radio Live on Thursday when I talk to uh, the beat writer David Shelton from the Post and Courier. He covers Buccaneers football, so we'll uh, talk to him about that. I know that they lost to the uh, uh, Monmouth, and they beat the Citadel already this season, and i got to imagine you don't know a, a ton about those guys yet, right? Yeah, I hadn't had a time to dive into him yet. I know they've got they've got one receiver. I, he pronounced it like Swartling or something. He's five about one eighty nine. He's gotten four of their five touchdown passes, so he's definitely a guy you got to keep your eye on. The quarterback, I think his last name's Chambers. He's a dual threat guy. He's actually the the leading rusher if you look at yards gained, not yards net gained, because he's taking some sacks and that's put him behind the running back. But in terms of total attempts, he's got more attempts than the running back, and he's gained more yards. Uh, so we got to watch the running quarterback. It's always tough to stop a running quarterback, and so uh, they've got some some weapons. You know, they obviously they're FCS team, and they don't play the, the schedule that um, that other teams that we play play. But they they're, they're going to fight. You know, I, I heard Coach uh, Houston say this was their Super Bowl. Well, it's their early season Super Bowl. They'll play Georgia at the end of the year, <laughs> actual Super Bowl. But for now, this will be a tough game for them. And I think if the Pirates play well, they'll obviously win. You know, win by a good margin, but they're they're going to fight. All right, so this is their NFC Championship uh, leading up to their Super Bowl later this year. Uh, all I know about them, Kevin, is that their head coach is Notre Dame's all-time leading rusher, Altry Denson, which is a uh, a blast from the past. Hadn't heard that name in a while until I uh, talked to him this offseason. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I remember him seeing him play. He's a good player. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. And, Kevin, one more thing. Uh, hopefully you and Jeff will have a lot of crowd noise in the background on Saturday. That wins Saturday night – probably sold uh, a few more tickets uh, to the upcoming home game against Charleston Southern. You start 0-3, people had a bad experience at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium the first time around with concessions and lines. Uh, you know, people just sit at home and check it out on uh, on TV. But now that you win a game like that, uh, hopefully it kind of re-energized Pirate fans to get back out to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium this week. Well, you know what's funny is that I, you know, I thought as soon as we got off the air, which was which – was, Oh my God! You play like this against South Carolina, you win that game by two touchdowns. Oh yeah! And now you're now you're two and one. Yep. And all of a sudden you're good. You're a good team. You know you're going into Charleston Southern thinking, hey, we're going to be three and one. And so that that just changes your whole outlook. We're still one and two, but I think Pirate fans are starting to feel better about things after that win. And you know maybe you're not coming into the stadium to see South Carolina or, or some big name, uh, big conference team, but you're still going to get, come to a chance to see 
uh, your Pirates play and also play a game where they're expected to win. So I would think that'd bring out some fans. So you're right. I think it should be crowded. I think should be excited. And, and I think the Pirates, if they play well, should put up some big numbers. Kevin, we'll wrap it up. I don't know what the heck your uh, your head coach McCarthy's doing there in Dallas, but Greg Zerline bailed him out on Sunday, so congratulations on that win. Listen, he, he's getting victories is what he's doing, man. Come on. Well, victory. I won. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe one against the Eagles on Monday. Uh, but, hey, my team won, your team won, ECU won. Everybody's a winner. For now, well, I was glad. I was glad to see you guys beat up on the Giants. That's uh, <laughs> I, I hate it more than I hate you. Wow! All right, that's that's pretty strong, Kevin. Thank you, man. Enjoyed it. Have a great call on Saturday. Appreciate it, Cliff. All right, man. There's uh, Kevin Monroe, former Pirate, does a great job with the voice. Ball out, uh, calling games on the Pirates IMG. Uh, I forgot to bring that up with him. He's had a lot of ball outs this year with all the uh, balls that Blake Harrell's guys are knocking away from the offense. Hopefully, some turnovers. Coming up for the Pirate defense on Saturday. All right, some guys responsible for forcing those turnovers. Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith. We got them coming up next inside the Pirate Radio Players Lounge. We were so chock full yesterday of interviews, we ran out of time. So you'll hear what Bruce and Xavier had to say about the win over Marshall and moving forward, trying to stack wins on wins. That's on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live save lives be a hero and make one thousand dollars your very first month donating plasma at griffles biomat usa start now at biomat usa on 505 south memorial drive a better donor experience and better pay now back to the show welcome back eastern north carolina's choice for window tinting signs graphics wraps graphic design and more is signs and tent Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsintent.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Barak. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. I want to play trivia, but I kind of want to save this question for tomorrow night, but maybe nobody playing tomorrow night is listening. All right, Chandler and Jalen, can we play trivia real quick? Sure. All right. Uh, JJ Reddick retired. I need uh, Jalen to hear this too. Maybe he can read my lips. All right. So JJ Reddick retired today. He is 15th all time in three pointers made. Name the four active players that have made more three pointers in their career than JJ Reddick. Yeah. All right. We're both going to go Steph. Steph Curry is one. Clay Thompson? Thompson is 20th all time. He is behind J.J. Reddick. Ah, I did like that guess. I'm going to go LeBron. LeBron Jane is correct. LeBron Jane. He has 29 more three-pointers than J.J. Reddick, 13th all time. Uh, I'm trying to go some old heads. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who's up? Can I try one? Yeah, try yeah. one, Shirley. Reggie Miller? Active. Active. Oh, active. Sorry. Oh, I, I missed that part. Oh, Kevin Sorry. Durant. Jalen says Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is 27th all time. Oh, wow. Down that's, on that's the list. That's a good guess. Um, uh, 
Let's go Russell oh, let's Westbrook. Go, let's go. No. Let's go James Harden. James Harden is fifth all time. That is correct. So you got three, and you need uh, one more. There's one more. Um, Mello. Carmelo Anthony. No, he's thirty uh, third all time. Oh. Um, and this is a, this is exactly what I'm talking about right here. This guy gets no respect. Just, I've been on him from the beginning. My favorite player that isn't on the Hornets. Um, I don't know why Giannis is coming to mind. No. Nah. It's not. Nah. It's not. I knew it wasn't. Um, but. Really, Chandler? Was he a former Hornet? No. Who's my favorite non-Hornet NBA player? I don't know. The answer is oh, Stephen wanna... Igo just got it. Damian Lillard. Ah, dang time. Tenth all time in three pointers with wow. 2051. Was Reggie on that list, though? Yeah, he's third all time. Okay, that's what I thought. Ray Allen, number one. Curry, number two. Miller, number three. Reggie Miller. This Creighton Blue Jay is number four. Oh, uh, McDermott. No. Doug McDermott. No. Kyle Corver. I didn't know he went to. I didn't know he went there. Pretty sure he did. I didn't make that up, did I? No, I think uh, you're right. It was not McBuckets. Yeah, Corver went to Creighton. Dougie McBuckets. Doug McDermott is back. <laughs> he hasn't averaged uh, 15 points in his whole career, but he's fourth all time in three pointers. Did he all make right. a comeback last season for the Pacers? Sure, sure he did. I know I guess going to text him <laughs> and clown me over that one. Doug McDermott. All right, thank you all for playing. There's Igo right there coming in. All right, let's get to our players lounge. That was fun. Thank you all for participating. Uh, Xavier Smith and Bruce Bivens, a couple of ECU linebackers, joined me yesterday inside the Pirate Radio studios. We ran out of time. Didn't get a chance to play on Monday, so let's hear them right now. All right, back inside the Players Lounge with a couple of ECU linebackers, Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith. And great to talk to you guys after a W. Uh, welcome to the show. How you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Doing, I'm doing great, too. I appreciate y'all's time always, uh, but I do admit it is a lot more fun to get you guys in here smiling after a win. So let's talk about it. It was a wild one Saturday night. East Carolina come from behind victory to beat Marshall. And Xavier, when you're in a, you're in a game like that, it's easy for me, it's easy for fans to say, well, this one's over. How, how do you stay logged in, man, and, and and complete that comeback like you guys were able to do the other night? Um, well, I just trust every person on the team. You know, I'm my brother's keeper. And, like, the whole game, like, on the sideline, I was like, this comeback's going to be great. Like, kind of, like, mentally, like, that's how you have to think about it. Like, the game's never over until there's all zeros on the scoreboard. And, like, we all understood that. Like, we all knew – like, once we correct the mistakes, you know, they had a couple plays that, like, went their way. And, like, we knew if we just stick to the course and just did what we know we could do, that we would be in position to win the game. And we made the plays we had to make late in the game. And just to see that happen is, like, super memorable for me. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, that was one of the greatest comebacks I've been a, a part of. So, for me, that was, like, a moment I'll cherish forever. 
Bruce, you've been a part of games where you've had to come back. You've also lost leads. You watch sports. It happens a lot. So when you're in the moment, do you feel that same way? Like, hey, mm-hmm. it don't matter what the score is. We're going to win this game. Right. Um, we knew we was going to uh, face some adversity because, you know, obviously it's a good football team. But, you know, we stuck we stuck to our plan. And like Xavier said, like, they had some call, they had some calls that go their way. And we had a lot that went our way. So, obviously, we came out victorious. And that was probably one of the best feelings best surreal feelings ever because like it's been a minute since you know we you know came back like that and stuff like that so it, it was pretty cool Mike Houston said something after the game Marshall had yet to really be in a game in the fourth quarter they had gotten leads and been able to to put those teams away with Navy and with NC Central uh and and that message came to fruition during the game what, what did he say to you guys about fourth quarter Let's be in the game. They, we've, you guys have experienced this the first two weeks. They haven't. How important was that for you? Um, it was really important. I mean, we really, we really wasn't focusing on them. We was focusing on what we needed to do to make sure we came out victorious. So we wasn't really worried about them. I mean, it, if they was good at like any team could, you know, decide to, you know, oh, change. Well, get better at something like that. Obviously, they had problems of, of not, you know, facing teams like and not and like pretty much with the same type of, you know, um, how can you say, competition wise, right. like they played some probably so, yeah. lesser opponents the first yeah, couple. Yeah, they played some lesser opponents, but that don't mean they could live up to the competition too. So we still got to bring our our A game to the to the table every time we come to play. And Xavier, long before you guys were here, long before I was. Uh, here in Eastern North Carolina, ECU's prided itself on fourth quarter. You know, winning, being there at the end of the game, being the best physically conditioned team, that showed up uh, in that game on Saturday for you guys. Uh, definitely for sure. You know, we pride ourselves on no quarter, you know, hold the fours up. And just, like, mentally we knew coming into that game that it was going to be a challenge, especially, like, having a road game against a good opponent like Marshall. You know, they have a good quarterback, good running back. Like, they're just sound all around on all phases. So, like, we knew – that we we're going to come and get into a fight. And, you know, it was ugly at times for us. But, like I said, the game's not over until it's over. So, like, just, like, focus on what you can control and, like, keep that positive attitude because it's all about a mindset. When we're down 17, fourth, third quarter, you know, it's easy to give up and be like, dang, like, we could have had that one. But, like, the guys on this team, you know, we work hard. We work for each other. We play for each other. So, like, I know for me and, like, all the other guys on the team, like, I'm not going to – stop like I'm not going to give up just because you know things aren't going our way so like when the mindset is out on the team like magical special things can happen and that's what we seen last Saturday and I mean I don't know if any of your guys were going to give up but if they see you two upperclassmen leaders not giving up that's going to make the the younger guys play as hard as you I would think exactly for sure uh, you, you mentioned a negative. That uh, Ali guy took some ankles the other night, and I, I don't, I don't know, I don't think it was you guys' ankles, but he was. He looked like Allen Iverson, or I guess Kyrie Irving, to use a guy playing now. Um, that dude was pretty shifty the other night. I mean, he was a good back. I mean, we played, we played. He was a good back. We played, we played a lot of good backs. Yeah. I mean, like he just capitalized on the opportunities he had, like like with anybody. So I mean. Uh, kudos to him. Hey, I mean, y'all got the dub, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I asked Sneed and Rajay about watching that last drive from the sidelines, and they said they knew y'all were going to get a stop, but they admitted they were a little nervous. On the flip side of that, how energetic does it make you guys 
watching East Carolina go up tempo, scoring all those points in the fourth quarter. That had to, you know, reinvigorate you guys on the sidelines, I would imagine, what your offense was able to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they definitely bounced back from last week. I know they struggled a little bit last week and like just like going back to what I always say, like, those guys work hard, like we work super hard, like we wanna win games. It's not like we don't want to win games. So like those guys they got in the lab this past week, you know, they did what they had to do got better, made the corrections, and that showed up on the game. That showed up uh, during the game. So I'm super proud of the offense, super proud of Holton because, you know, he received a lot of criticism last week, and I know that can be hard to, like, have everybody against you, but, like, you got to tune that noise out, and we all got his back. I trust Holton. You know, the guys on defense trust Holton. And when it's, like, like a family atmosphere on the team, like, your brothers is all you got. Like, we're on the field with them. Like, the fans, they can say whatever they want. The coaches, they can say whatever they want. But, like, it's us that's, like, got to go out there and play. So, like, just staying behind him and just being supportive for him, I feel like it's a great thing. I'm proud of him. I know you uh, you have to tune the noise out, but it seems like you guys used it as motivation as well. Hearing Mike Houston speak, hearing looking at some social media, seeing Donnie Kirkpatrick tweet this out after oh, yeah. the game. So, <laughs> uh, so, so you guys hear the noise, you don't focus on it, but it, did you have a me against the world mentality out there, Bruce? The other uh, night? I most definitely did. Like I said last week, um, um, like we don't we don't dwell on the past, but then at the same time we use it we use it as fuel too, and we use it as fuel to come out victorious. Yeah, it was some things we could have did a lot better, but we, we did what we had to do to get the dub. We enjoy seeing ECU go up tempo on offense. They did in the fourth quarter. Marshall was really doing that all game. So kudos to you guys for for having just the uh, the conditioning, the stamina, and and for making the plays. How tired uh, are you after a game like that? I guess you're tired after every game, but yeah. after a game like that with all those offensive plays they're running, uh, how's the body feeling today, Xavier? Uh, I'm definitely a little banged up, but that's what every game. This game, I would say like. I feel like you hurt a little bit more after a loss. So like, right. That's I feel point. great mentally. So like, I'm just excited to get back to work. You know, that was a great game. You know, act like we've been there before. Like we won. Congratulations. Like, thank you. Celebrate. But now it's on to the next week. So like, we embraced that win. You know, celebrated the win. But after the winner's dinner uh, yesterday, it's on to the next opponent. So we're focused on Charleston Southern now. And I figure you upperclassmen wouldn't have trouble with that, Bruce. Uh, maybe some younger guys might extend that 24-hour rule and celebrate a little more, but it's on you guys to, to bring them back down to earth. That's not a, an issue for you, right? Uh, no, it's most definitely not, especially with experience. So, I mean, I know how to get back to earth real quick. Uh, another home, uh, a home game coming up this week and then back at home the following week. They announced today the two-lane kickoff time will be 3.30. Uh, if you guys had a preference, noon, 3.30, 7 o'clock, what's your uh, preference? Does it matter to you? Um, I feel like 3.30 is the best yeah. kickoff time. Yeah, Fans like it as well. Uh, so it should be a lot of fans two weeks from now. Uh, when you take on Tulane, should be a good crowd for a 6 o'clock start coming up this Saturday. Yeah. I guess Charleston Southern, have you uh, started to dive into them yet, or does that come later in the week? Uh, that actually starts today. Yeah. So we start to look at what they're doing, like, formational, like, scheme-wise. So we'll get a little bit more on them today. But, like, we still have the film, so, like, individually we can go watch film and get our own, like, analysis on what they do. Huge comeback for the Pirates the other night. There's two sides to that. It's the offense scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter. It's the defense not allowing a point in the fourth quarter. 
you had a fourth down stop you held them to a field goal that they missed so uh i don't know we always talk it seems like we talk about momentum on the offensive side how much momentum can be built defensively when you get one stop and you turn that to two then you turn it to three do you guys feel that when, when you're in a game oh we we most definitely can i mean it's electric because you know the offense they feed off our energy too so it, we definitely could you know feel that Xavier, same thing yeah for sure like when you get those stops and like force a missed field goal and like have those back-to-back stops it feels good for a defensive player it builds confidence and like when you have the confidence like I feel like mentally like you can't be stopped and like the crowd like I don't know they had a lot of people in the stands and like it's one thing when you have like your fans there but I feel like I feel more motivated when it's like an <laughs> opponent crowd like cheering against you so like kind of like look at the crowd like all right bet watch this and then just to hear them like <laughs> quiet after like a play like that it's that's what gets me going like that's I awesome. love like I love competing like that that gets me going so I love that that's funny I've talked to a lot of former players back when like UAB and Tulane played in that giant dome and no fans were there mm-hmm. they said they'd much rather have a loud opposing fan base all over you than no crowd at all yeah. do you guys agree with that yes, yes, yes I do yes. Uh, I was hoping to talk to DJ today. I wanted to ask him about dropping that pick. But it was a great play. <laughs> but I know he thinks he should have had it. Yeah. Uh, but he had a good game, great play. How about when Jaquan uh, got that pick at the one-yard line? What was that moment like Oof. for you guys? I mean, that was all going in slow motion. <laughs> I remember rushing the pass. And, like, I kind of, like, hit his hand a little bit. But I seen him throw the ball. and like I It swear, was in the air forever. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, you know, big-time players make big-time players. Jaquan, you know, he comes to work every day. So, like. That's second nature to him. He works on that. He's seen that look multiple times in practice, and when the play came to him, he made the play. So congratulations to him. That's my dog. He works hard, and he deserved that one. That was huge. Great moment uh, for you guys. And then you're able to celebrate after the game with the contingency of Pirate fans. That was pretty cool. And then we did see a a clip of the locker room, and uh, I've talked about this with all the guys, but uh, I can't imagine what Miles Berry is going through right now with the uh, passing of his father but you guys are able to rally around him after the game he gets a game ball he's leading the the cheers there in the locker room and uh that had to be a really special moment to be with your teammate and friend there yeah. after the game it was real special i mean um he cherished every moment with us so um we had to make sure we stand, we we were strong for him i mean he's handling this better than anybody else could possibly so I mean, we're just trying to stay strong for each other. Like, we got each other back. So, and that's that's our brother. And not only is he there, second most tackles the other night for the Pirates. Played a good game. So, yeah. that says, I mean, that's just, that's amazing. And uh, really hope, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers with his family right now with for what sure. he's going through. And I know you guys are helping, uh, helping keep him up yeah, and everything. Most well, guys, uh, man, it's good to talk to you all after a win. Appreciate you coming, coming by after the hard times. But... This is a hell of a lot more fun, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, good luck to y'all. Hope you can get another one coming up this Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, that was my chat with Xavier Smith and Bruce Bivens. Great to talk to those guys after a pirate win on Saturday night. They'll try to get another one coming up Saturday against Charleston Southern. We'll talk about that and more with Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors. He joins us inside the Pirate Radio studios. I remembered to uh, jot down some games this week to make picks problem is we don't have an ecu line so we'll have to circle back to that later in the week but we'll make some college football picks we'll talk east carolina we'll talk broncos and more when we return after this
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, join Pirate Radio and Fleet Feet of Greenville to kickstart your game day coming up on Saturday with a $5 5K. The race is an untimed event, and all proceeds will be donated to Robbie's Clubhouse. For 10 bucks, you can sign up for the run and get a T-shirt or skip the shirt and just do the run for $5. The race starts at 8 a.m. Saturday morning at Fleet Feet on Greenville Boulevard. Sign up by going to runsignup.com and search Pirate Radio. It's the $5 5K Saturday, September 25th. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, I'll tell you who's got some fleet feet. Keaton Mitchell has some fleet feet. He was getting it again down the sideline. That dude is fast. He had enough time to wave. And I love the um, kind of the sprinter's finish he gave. Oh, yeah. As if he was going into the tape at the end of a uh, 100-yard dash. I love how they're clocking him now on how fast (laughs) he's running. That is uh, a thing on social media. So. That was great to see on Thursday early in the game. And then everything happened late in that football game. Steven Igo was there. He was prepared to write ECU 0-3 to start the season. But delete, 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 as Matt Hardy would say. And Igo, you got to write an article about the Pirates winning their first game in 2021 in frantic come-from-behind fashion. No doubt. It was a pleasurable rewrite hashtag rewrite if you're in the sports writing world a lot of baseball writers uh retweet that a lot when you know you follow a whole game it's five to two in the ninth inning gonna cruise to a victory for the team you're color covering and then three run bomb basically changes the whole game and basically that's what happened with the ecu football team it, who did not have it as a loss when it was 38 21 with nine minutes left in the quarter Whole Naylor's had just gotten sacked a couple times in a row on some uncompetitive snaps. And I tweeted going into the fourth quarter, can we get a running clock so I can go home early? <laughs> I, I completely gave up on it. I told the players yesterday I gave up on you guys. I mean, <laughs> so, thank you for proving yeah. me wrong. I mean, it's now, now I, 17 point comebacks don't happen, but once every what, uh, 29 years at this rate. And if you want to criticize me for giving up on ECU, that's fair. But make sure you, uh, the previous week when I picked DCU, uh, criticized them, right? Because I believed in them and they didn't win. So let's keep it even, folks. That's all I'm saying. It is, it is always interesting that when we pick them to win and they lose, nothing's said. But the, <laughs> the opposite often happens. Yeah. Um, I have picked them to lose every game this year, though. And I did have the South Carolina game originally as a win until I saw the opener. But, I, you know, we talked about it. They were going to be probably underdogs in the first three games. It turned out they were a favorite at one point for the South Carolina game, but they had to find a way to win one, and they won one. And there's a lot of questions about, hey, if you pick one of the first three to win, which one would you have picked on paper heading into the season? I don't know if Marshall would have been number one on anybody's list. South Carolina was one for me, and then App State two, Marshall the hardest. Yeah. I had Marshall the hardest just because it's a true road game. And because of what we saw, they had a 400-yard passer and just about a 200-yard rusher. I was kind of scared of what they – and their defense gave up 14 points a game last year. Yeah, they had not given up 
40 points since the 2019 season. So, And they had a lot of people returning. Now, new coaching staff, so some unknown, but it was clear via the first two games that they were really good. And, and that quarterback, man, I'll tell you what, he uh, he does make some mistakes. He will force the ball. But if he can continue to mature, he's got an absolute cannon, quick release. <clears throat> and we talked about Ali. You talked about it earlier taking some ankles. He took some ankles. Uh, and he looked ridiculous on that turf. So they got some absolute weapons. Um, so credit ECU. They found a way to win. Marshall gave away some things, but ECU took advantage. That they did. Huge win for multiple reasons. Had to get number one of the year. And now, as I said, it's a great opponent to go into this week coming off a win because you can get another one, make it two in a row, get people fired up for the conference opener against Tulane but you don't just roll the ball out and beat Charleston Southern you got to play well you got to respect your opponent and uh, I think ECU's players talking to them yesterday Steven their headspace is certainly in the right place and hopefully uh, I know Mike Houston's is as well I I know what he was trying to say with the Super Bowl comment today but that is going to be looked at and criticized it it is I mean because if a coach says that about East Carolina we would all lose our minds let's be honest my philosophy on this or my thinking i could be way off is mike houston's a citadel guy charleston southern's a rival of the citadel i don't want to say he was taking a shot but i think he was i think maybe he said it for that reason by the way how many times has mike houston beaten charleston southern none as a head coach oh and three mm-hmm. so this is a this is a big game for surely mike i got a question for steven are you nervous can we find that real quick? Because Mike Houston, when he sees that other uniform across the field, Stephen, are you nervous? He has not done well in years past, Stephen, when he sees that Steven. Buccaneers jersey. So, are you nervous? Hold on, I gotta ask you one more time, Stephen. Stephen, are you? Are you nervous? Not really. Uh, not to kill the anticipation. Do you know who the head coach at Charleston Southern was at that time? Was at the time. Can I get a clue? He is now coaching a very successful team in the region that is ranked in the top 25. In the region? In, like in the Carolinas. Um, uh, the Wake Forest coach? No. Jamie Chadwell. Ah, Coastal? Yep, yeah. Coastal coach. So, ah, interesting. Did not know that. So they had a pretty good rivalry going when it was Coach Houston at the Citadel and Jamie Chadwell at um, Charleston Southern, and there were some close competitive games. Charleston Southern was victorious. I mean, in reality, they probably get the better player on average. You know, it's probably easier to recruit to Charleston Southern than it is at the Citadel, but uh, they had some very good games. I think Charleston Southern actually knocked them out in the playoffs the year the Citadel made the playoffs. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Coach Houston definitely will not be overlooking this football game because I think he'll be motivated to beat Charleston Southern because he's a Citadel guy. Now that's a good thing for the rest of the team. You know, I, I think there is. I think they're going to say the right things, but their actions will speak louder than words. They have to go out there and play like it. You know. This isn't Gardner-Webb, who was just downright terrible a couple of years ago, probably more similar to William & Mary, and that was, what, a 19-7 victory in Coach Houston's first year. So I expect a competitive game for at least a half. I mean, if they go out there and make mistakes, Charleston Southern can hang around. They're, they're not a bad FCS team. Sometimes it's difficult to know when someone's being sarcastic on the Internet. Um, 
i am quite often so i just assume people are most of the time but robert says they played monmouth hard for two quarters don't take them lightly now i could read this as like him trying to be funny saying they played monmouth hard for two quarters don't take or he could be being serious saying they played monmouth hard for two quarters don't take them lightly so i looked up monmouth football and monmouth has gone to the playoffs three out of the last four seasons um or three out of the last four seasons and they have gone three and one nine and two ten and two ten and one ten and two oh never mind that's dating back a long time three and one and nine and two <laughs> i was going back to 2003 um they're so i guess program. what he's saying is they're a good team they're ranked in the top 25 okay. in fcs so yeah. robert's being serious yeah. they played a good team in monmouth hung around for a couple quarters but then monmouth took it to them and they got a older quarterback which always worries you because he's not going to come into ecu intimidated he's probably playing some fps environments so dual threat quarterback they're gonna have to be aware of that jack chambers and um he's gonna do a lot of running and defensively i don't think they're bad so again yeah <laughs> he was kidding well robert you should have been serious david robert you have my brain in a pretzel i thought at first read i was like he's being sarcastic i looked up their team they're a good team so then i was on the other side and now you tell me you were being sarcastic i mean i'll be i'll be honest though i I did not know that monmouth had a good football team until like i started looking at charleston's schedule and i saw they were ranked the only reason i know monmouth is because the ecu baseball plays them every three years did victor cruz go to monmouth no where'd he go umass who went to monmouth (laughs) i have no idea uh victor cruz went to umass Mm. Mm. i'm really looking i got egg on my face today let me find who i'm thinking about steven i want to say there's one receiver that went to monmouth that i can't think of at the moment should we just turn this into monmouth radio and just by the way we're playing charleston miles austin there you go chris hogan wow they produce some nfl talent chris hogan he played probably lacrosse at monmouth did he even play uh football all right, Miles Austin is who I was thinking of. Victor Cruz, UMass. That one's on me, folks. I'll take that one. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. Got a lot to do with Igo in the next 35 minutes or so, including some picks. NFL talk. His team is 2-0. and Mariners still alive, but need a lot to happen. Not happening. Huge game tonight. And uh, more ECU football talk and Monmouth football talk when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of uh, products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751 
888-253-2060. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, another Pirate Game Week. We'll be with you Saturday, 2 o'clock, on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Steve and I go will be in studio at 4 o'clock, counting us down to 6. Looking forward to that. You can tell Steven is as well. Real, do you not have fun here? Real fired up. Let's go. We feed you. We have a chance for two wins in a row. We watch football. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's the food situation looking like? Um, mm. we've we've got a plan. We'll let you know, but it's not official yet, so I don't want to. Uh, it's a little little late in the week to be still coming up with a plan. Late in the week. Who oh, are you, gosh. Benjamin? I mean, last I checked, <laughs> game prep begins Sunday. Hmm. Monday, you review the tape for the opponent. So you guys should already you should already know who you're. I tell you what, you missed a good one uh, last week. Cuchinella, oh, man, I tell you what, awesome. I, it's right by my house. I have it often. It's very good. Oh yeah, good stuff. Have you had anything other than pizza? I've had their gelato. Uh, yeah, delicious. I was going to ask. So you had Shirley. The gelato. Yeah, Shirley is, uh, definitely has had it. Yeah, it's very good. Love it. <laughs> She went too deep on the pregame. Three by the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Because, as a matter of fact, Troy was telling me that uh, his kids were watching, I guess, the postgame show, and I had said something about eating a gelato, and they were like, how many more is she going to (laughs) eat? I'm like, well, shoot, they brought eight. (laughs) The Joey Chestnut of gelato. That's what we're calling Shirley Rhodes around here. Uh, Joey Gelato. We'll have some food. We'll have uh, some games on Igo. It's a good kickoff time. We'll have uh, a lot to watch. So yeah, be a good time. Six p.m. is a good kickoff time, and hopefully, uh, ECU takes care of business, and I can have the article written by the start of the fourth quarter, and it doesn't change. That's a good point, Stephen. Uh, who do you want to see play in this football game that maybe we haven't seen so far this season? And I ask that because if East Carolina can get a lead. We might get to see some new names several, and new numbers. Several names come to mind. Just, you know, obviously covering recruiting, there's a lot of guys who are kind of on that fringe depth chart who I feel like could see action in this game if things go according to plan. Obviously, Mason Garcia. I would like to see him come in and run the offense and not just hand the football off. Um, uh, Pop McKay, the true freshman running back, I think they're trying to redshirt him, but maybe this is an opportunity to get him in the game. Taji Hudson, that receiver, I would like to see him get more snaps. Yeah. Um, there's also some other younger receivers, like maybe even a Tyree Saunders or Ray Rose who transferred in who could get some time. Um, you know, defensively, JV McCray got a couple snaps last week along the defensive front. He's come back from injury, a young defensive tackle who could get some snaps in a game like this. Josiah Robinson, the transfer from Michigan State, he played in the first game of the year a few snaps hasn't played since defensively so i'm not sure what his status is chad stevens will have to see him play a little bit more he's behind xavier smith and uh jeremy lewis right now at rush jacoby simpson's the juco kid who played a couple snaps last week taylor jackson inside linebacker as well so those are just a few names as far as uh some some guys who i'd like to see do we have, uh, if we can get a lead high go, do we have enough offensive linemen that can come in and replace yeah, the yeah. starters? It was a good, I mean, they have a legit second team. I mean, granted, Bailey Malibu got hurts, but like Isaiah Foote is a backup guard who I think could play in a game like this for sure. Maybe even get Kaziah Everett in there. Uh, he's, he dressed out for the last home game. Maybe get him some O-line snaps in a game like this. Um, 
there are several guys. I mean, Hampton Urgle's a young offensive lineman who's kind of on that too deep fringe. And, and you know, Rob Vanderlyn played a, a good amount the last few weeks. We want to see him continue to get playing time. Walt Stribling's another freshman second-year guy who could play as well. How are we doing health-wise on the Orthopedics East injury report, Stephen? Jeff Charles talked about a lot of banged-up pirates on the offensive line that gave it a go on Saturday. But how about coming off that Marshall game? Do you know uh, of any injuries? None none off the top of my head or none that I saw. Now, I'll have a better idea when I get out to practice tomorrow, see if anybody's sitting out. But Elijah Morris continues to battle an ankle. He was he went down, what, about two or three times during the game and had to be helped off the field. Still played really well, graded out really well. So you got to commend him for his effort. Um, you know, there are a couple offensive linemen like we talked about in the pregame, Avery Jones, Noah Henderson, that are banged up right now that are playing through some stuff. You know, Avery, you know, with those guys, you almost would hope that you can kind of back off them this week and really get them healthy going in the conference play. Definitely. Uh, CJ Johnson's been banged up, I think, more than most realize. Um, a couple different things going on with him. So hopefully he can get continue to get healthy as well. And and uh, Shane Calhoun, we saw what difference it makes. He was playing, but he was not 100%. All of a sudden, he's probably closer to 100% now, and he made quite an impact. Did uh, speaking of CJ, we talked to him about the big hit he took, which on it was quite comical. Have you went back and watched the Facebook feed at all? Have you watched the game? I've watched some of it. I have not watched the entire game. Well, it's Tuesday. You should probably get on that if you're going to do that. I'm looking um, forward. I'm already figuring out what I'm having for pregame on Saturday. Interesting. All right. Uh, as CJ was getting hit and the defender was lowering the helmet and launching. Corey Chavis on the broadcast said the defender did not lower his helmet and launch, and it sent me into a rage for a moment. Did they even did they review the play? I asked today. I know, and didn't Mike Houston say they did review the play? He must have said like they were like they review it in real time. Technically, they review every play in real time. Oh, so it's, somebody saw it, but yeah. they didn't think enough to to stop play or right. to get a closer look. So that person, maybe Corey Chavis, was the replay official <laughs> because according to uh, the conversation Mike Houston had, also with the the replay review system after the game, like when you send it in, according to him, it was not targeting. So I'm, I like, but I like what Houston said. If at the least it should have been a flag. unnecessary roughness, yeah, you know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe not, but like that's always called a flag. The receivers trying to go up, and get the ball. The guy just can't come over and launch into his face. When you heard illegal numbering, I laughed. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that call before. I have not. I've, I've never heard illegal numbering. That is two players on the same team wearing the same number that are on the same play i've heard illegal procedure i've never heard it termed illegal numbering yeah almost sounds dirty somehow i don't know but uh, uh you know the ecu had to put i think it was bruce bivens in the 50 jersey for the onside kick because him and cj are both on the same team or the same is side. that legal yeah you can just pick a new jersey yeah that so sounds like cheating to me I think you probably have to alert the official or something. Alert, alert. Like if Tyler Sneed, they're like, hey, let's sneak Sneed in in a uh, 25 jersey this time. I didn't know that. That was legal. And why are you acting like obviously it should be legal when it sounds pretty illegal to me? If it wasn't legal, they wouldn't have done it, and it would have been a penalty. There would have been a legal numbering. (laughs) So they they had both of those guys in on the uh, onside? 
Yeah, and if you think I about never it, noticed I that. mean, there's a lot of double numbers. If you look at ECU's roster. Well, I know that, but they're on offense and defense. Well, offense and defense can mix on special teams. That they can, and I but I've never seen a case where a guy's stripping down, putting on a new jersey. I think it's just a big jersey he throws over the top. More so than stripping down. It's even funnier. Go he's, back and watch the replay. He's wearing a quadruple X jersey over his regular jersey. The pants, the jersey's down to his knees. I don't know. I need to see the replay of this. We'll look during the break. I'll pull it up on Facebook.com slash ECU versus Marshall. Uh, Robert says, freshwater question mark? Not dressing out, not traveling. He's mm. practicing, but he's clearly not at a point where um he is uh on the depth chart when's the last time ecu had a recruit everybody was excited about that actually panned out holding nailers name another <laughs> cj johnson to some degree uh, yeah cj all right a non-kid county recruit <laughs> uh i'd have to go through the commitment list uh that's a shame uh we were excited about him but just not gonna happen is there a yeah, chance I mean, it could happen? At this point, this is year three. I don't even ask about him anymore because <clears> it's clear that he's not in a position to where he's going to make an impact. Yeah, like maybe he gets a shot in this game. I don't know. I don't even think he dressed out the last home game. John uh, says he remembers the announcer making the comment that there was a number fifty for ECU that was not on the roster. To be fair, those announcers also called uh, Tegan Silk. <laughs> they had a bunch of Tegan, Tegan Silk. Silk. What yeah, were the that, other ones? That's a oh God! Sick name, Poor Shane though. Calhoun. His first four catches, he had him going to. Uh, or no, Josiah Hatfield. He was poor Josiah Hadfield. Every time he uh, ran a route and got a target, they would say Shane Calhoun's name. I remember wow. a clip saying, "Like, are they ever going to give Josiah Hatfield his the credit he deserves by saying his actual name?" It was like through the first half. Uh, I was like, damn, Calhoun really is getting targeted. But it was 88 every time. By the way, Steven, um, your bet is looking really good. Yeah, all it took was one one game. ECU had one catch for the tight ends through two weeks. Now they have nine, thanks to Shane Calhoun's eight-catch performance. I didn't know you were going to bring that up. Well, yeah. Yeah. Clip's a man of his word. He is. Surprised Steven didn't bring it up. Do you forget about it? Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I remember during the game, I can't remember if I tweeted that you or texted you, but... Uh, yeah, you had a very lewd tweet. Oh, that he was coming at you hard? Or coming at... I mean, he was coming for... <laughs> no, you said... He was coming for 15 catches hard. He was! Look at him! You said Shane Calhoun is coming for those 15 catches, and he's coming hard. And I just didn't think that what, was appropriate. That's a factual tweet, was it not? I guess. It was worded weird. <laughs> Um, it's not like us. Chad says they even mentioned on the broadcast because whatever number they gave him was not listed on the roster. Okay, Chad, I get it now. I've been corrected. I don't remember it, okay? I can't remember everything that happens during a four-hour game. I also had Shane Calhoun, I think, as ECU's third-leaning catcher. Catcher? receptionist don't do this don't do this because even you said like well that's just a bold prediction or yeah it was it was a bold prediction just like all my other bold you know what other bold predictions i had jaquan mcmillan would lead the american in interceptions he's already got three 
You've made how many predictions did you make this offseason legitimately? I said ECU. Probably seven to ten on this show, ten on your dumb said, bold prediction thing. I That's said, twenty. I said ECU would win six and the Hawaii Bowl, and they're well on their way. <laughs> so you're at at least twenty preseason predictions. Yeah. You probably did more on a podcast. You did over unders, right? So you're at a good forty five predictions. Sure, you're gonna hit five. All of I them. need is three. You're gonna hit a few of them, Steven. Good grief. What was your bold prediction again? That no tight end would catch 15 catches? That's looking real good. <laughs> I got Keaton Mitchell being the third leading receiver. How's I that mean, looking? that is looking pretty good, honestly. I think he might be ahead of Shane. We'll look at the uh, the numbers. Man, so contentious for a, a victory. It's always about tight ends, man. Aaron Jarman, tight end catches. How proven commodity has he been this year? Uh, he's a proven commodity. He's been there to block good blocking he's been blocking good all right him and zach bird honestly i know Birdman uh helped the uh final touchdown right they went two tight end set bird and jarman and ran the ball a couple times there was uh like there was a few times where they would motion both tight ends mm-hmm. to one side of the uh, of the ball i like that that's yeah, I mean, uh, power I'm, football i'm waiting for them to go play action throw it at one of those guys specifically in the red zone keaton mitchell's second leading receiver on east <laughs> wow, carolina you can't even get that right Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said third leading receiver. And he's second. (laughs) What a jerk. Dummy. What? (laughs) Chandler, could you put uh, dummy, like, over my head on the the video? Yeah. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll have more with Steven Igo from Hoist the Colors. We'll uh, make some picks. We'll talk some NFL and more. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about, and if you you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace pool walkways fire pits or more the carolina hardscapes is the place to call at 364-1201 or you can stop by the carolina hardscapes outdoor showroom on fire tower road right across from boston Soap furniture get started on your dreams today at carolina hardscapes now let's head back in to pirate radio live here's clip rock rolling right along on our bud light ecu report brought to you by bud light we'll be with you saturday two o'clock on the bud light pregame tailgate Taking you up to the 6 o'clock kickoff, East Carolina and Charleston Southern. No line available yet on that game, so we can't pick it yet. We'll pick it later in the week, but we do have some games uh, we can pick now, Stephen. And last week, I went 3-2, and two, and you went 3-2. and two. Do we have the exact same picks last week? We did. That's very lame. We usually don't do that. Uh, Alabama did not cover Florida about one. Yeah, that was. Uh, didn't Alabama have a pretty good lead to start off with, and then they were up four. Yeah, they were up double digits mm-hmm. early. It was twenty-one-three in the first quarter. Yeah, disappointing. We had I a good mean, call on South Carolina. 
maybe if charles huff was still there <laughs> could have made the difference good call in south carolina yeah. old miss hammered tulane uh we both had marshall and we were both wrong on that one that was looking good early for marshall people and then good late for pirate fans all right this week thursday night will you be watching do you know the match do will you be watching pro or college on thursday definitely college do you know the games marshall and app and then houston and carolina yeah okay i was wondering if you knew the schedule i definitely i probably won't be watching panthers yeah texans app state seven point favorite at home against marshall jeff nadu already has marshall in at seven and a half good job jeff i just i feel like app state is the more disciplined team the better team I don't know. This should be a really fun game. Now, this was the game I watched last year. And it was 17-7. to 7. It was gross. It was App State's worst performance of the year. One of their only bad performances of the year. I, I'm glad I remembered that because revenge is on the mind. I'm going App State minus 7. You can look at it two ways. A, is it a good matchup for Marshall based on last year? Or B, is this the true revenge game? We love a revenge game. The other thing App has going for it is they played Elon last week, and ECU or Marshall played ECU and had a heartbreaker, and they're going on the road. There's Short turnaround. There's no reason to pick Marshall here, but I'm going to do it. I'm picking go. Marshall. I don't know why. That's I what feel, a good gambler does. I feel like I, I like their coach. I, I listened to their entire press conference today, and I like this guy. So I think they're going to bounce back. I don't know if they'll win kind of doubt they'll win but i think it'll be a close game did he say app state is the best team we've played so far this season? he actually did not say that he said they are they definitely have the most winning culture okay played this season so maybe he mixes up his compliments that's a good coach maybe he thing just to speaks do. the truth yeah. he, he uh he said that they were prepared for ecu's onside kick he said they reviewed all three onside kicks ecu's shown over the last three years wow and that the up man just hesitated well he saw that number 50 and was like that guy's not yeah. on the roster that's probably what it was and it freaked him out beautifully done by the way when you saw it live steven did you think it had gone 10 yards yes okay but i was also standing in the corner oh that's right you were on the field at that yeah, time so you got down there at a good time didn't you perfect timing 38 28 ecu was driving uh they missed the field goal as i was was going down so you were on the side where McMillan got the pick at the end? Yeah, we were just walking back and forth, so we were on oh, every side of okay. the action happened. Very good. We were there for Rajay's touchdown. How was the crowd? It was good. It wasn't big. It was like 25,000, but they were loud. I mean, every I've been to Barcelona twice, and every time I've been there, like the, cra- the crowd gets into the game. They get fired up and play ECU. All it's, right. It's their Super Bowl. <laughs> this will be ECU's third Super Bowl coming up uh, this year on saturday um ooh, got some uh rj felton is that his name yep got some rj felton dunks i'm gonna retweet that where's johnny at our basketball guy it's about some, time for some basketball questions we got start some basketball in. highlights rolling on twitter this is uh i saw a tweet just now that i retweeted as well that they're inside of 50 days until kickoff they're gonna <laughs> kick it off this year you think they'll onside well, tipping off hasn't worked for about the past 50 years, so I just want them to go out there and kick off. They should line up five in a line, and when the ball is uh, thrown up by the ref, all go running yep. up there. 
Are you going to join us for our watch along, or are you going to go to Myrtle Beach? Or neither. What's the What's the date on that? Thursday before the Navy game. Um, I will probably not be in Myrtle Beach because I'll be going to Navy. So look, you can spend a couple yeah. hours with your buddies here at Pirate Radio. Why not? Let's do it. Actually, is there going to be a college football game on that night? Yeah, but who cares? You're going to be covering ECU basketball, dummy. Man. Dummy. Uh, uh, November the 18th, 2021. 7 o'clock on the U or Let's ESPN go. 2. This is our biggest game in years. It's I a go. Super Bowl of basketball. We need you here. ESPN 2 or going head-to-head with NFL football and college football. Could you Let's imagine? Go. ESPN knows what how their bread is buttered, and that's ECU basketball. Are they going to hit the Lincoln-Riley angle? uh that's gonna be fun yeah honestly i am excited about the game and i I think there's some intriguing games in the non-conference schedule i'm ready to see the the overall schedule come out that should be any day now historically it's released in mid to late september uh uh jason says that video caused ori to freak out on htc have i missed something on the website i'll have to check it tonight uh i like to check it during lunch and then uh kind of later in the evening i go my two stops to hoist the colors how long on average would you say your session lasts on the hoist the colors you know i i have a routine where i'll hit some different websites during lunch my hoist the colors um monday's a lot longer because i read the vip chat um the other days it depends on what threads have been updated or what new threads are there so I'm going to ballpark it at seven minutes. Okay, that's Does fair. That... I mean, that's that's like 45 minutes in today's yeah yeah land of uh, short attention spans. Enough to do a, a good read-through. So Notre Dame and Wisconsin play at Soldier Field. Notre Dame is a six-point underdog. Oh, I thought you were saying that they play the same night as ECU plays Oklahoma. No. But all right, go. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. You go. Uh, I will take Notre Dame. What's the line? Six. So why are they playing this game at Soldier Field? Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, even though they have a look ahead here, Cincinnati. I don't like Wisconsin by six. They might win the game. Six seems like a lot. Wait, Wisconsin's favored? Well, then you definitely like Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm taking Notre Dame. Okay. And that, it takes a lot for me to say that confidently. Clemson is a 10-point favorite on the road in Raleigh-Durham. That is what the city is called, right? State. RDU. What's the city? Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill. The triangle. Is where they play. You're taking state. I am too. State every year, most years, plays a big team at home, and they play really good. And I feel like this is that game. I don't know if they'll win or not. They historically play Clemson tough. You know, they had already had their letdown game against mississippi state so i feel like everybody wants to fire Doran, and every every time somebody wants to fire Doran or everybody wants to fire Doran, then he gets a, a big win to get them on track for eight and four like they always go so i'm gonna say state covers the spread i don't know if they'll win or not here's our basketball guy johnny says i've seen vance jackson lighten it up oh boy that's what i've heard let's go johnny this is the year the pirates finish ninth in the american how many teams are there? 11. By the way, I had a thought, Iga. 
not even confident anymore with the conference realignment. I had a thought. Um, when the schedule is dropped, we're going to do our annual go through every year. Oh, you do, I mean, that's not even a thought. That's a, but that's a certainty. That was a pre-thought. My thought was, who is ECU going to upset this year? Last year it was Houston, and previous years it's been SMU. It's been it's been Memphis, Temple-ish, Cincinnati. Uh, this year is easy. I have the perfect candidate. Me too. And, and it's Wichita State. That's what I was going to say. Because we're, that's where we've landed on. Yeah. They've got just about every other one. And it hasn't happened in like... I know, had this thought the other years. night. This year, we're shocking the shockers. Mm-hmm. You can write it down. You can chisel it. It's going to happen, baby. That's weird that it happened like that. Yep. And non-conference? Now, Oklahoma. <laughs> the Sooners. Sooner rather than later, a big upset's going to happen, folks. John's going to be in Myrtle Beach. He's going to live comment spoilers no. on Facebook Live. No. Come on, John. John. He really? wouldn't do that. Were my uh, tweets on site, were they ahead of the stream? Does anybody know? Because of the Facebook I Live deal? That. Yeah. I tried to, like, wait 30 seconds to a minute before tweeting. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Just because I know, like, the Facebook stream would be at least a minute behind. Uh, you, you already have spoiled something for me this year, though. Because we're behind streaming on uh, ESPN. Yeah. So I accidentally looked at the screen and you, it said South Carolina wins twenty to seventeen. Oh, really? And that was oh, a good I, twenty-five seconds before the kick. I remember clips saying, "All right, Shirley, fire it up." Yeah. And I think it was from maybe the Hoist the Colors account. Yeah, probably so. So um, I didn't notice. I well, actually, you know what, Stephen? We were watching it on this. So yeah, so I didn't, I wasn't, you know, didn't have my Twitter whatever open. So <laughs> I'll say that I was doing that for most of the game, but then when I got on the field, I was like, I mean, I wasn't gonna wait. Yeah, like we're here. Jaquan McMillan just got a game winning pick. I'm not gonna like <laughs> deliberately hold off on clicking tweet for 30 seconds. I would say that that's uh, very kind and thoughtful of you to do that, Stephen. Well, thanks. You're a kind guy. I try to try to appease the pirate nation. We have a lot of it, especially in baseball, when I feel like there's a lot of downtime. So, like, fans are always scrolling in between pitches, and there's, like, a three-run homer. We'll tweet about it, and somebody will be like, you're, like, three minutes ahead of the stream, man. Man, take which, it easy, Which man. I get it. Like, I'm the same way when I'm watching Sunday Ticket through the stream. Yeah, but I just, just turn off Twitter. Well, get off Twitter. That's what I do. Okay. Get don't, off. Don't complain no, about that's it. That's what I'm telling you I do. Okay. I'm not going to tell all my followers to get off Twitter, though, because then what's the point of tweeting? <laughs> <laughs> what a catch-22 situation we're in now. <laughs> Stop. Get off Twitter, but please follow me and respond. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. You're, you're right. Texas A&M is on the road at Arkansas, five and a half. Um, this, is, this is a loss for me, I'm going to tell you. But my favorite pick I've had this year so far is Arkansas as a dog at home to texas and that place was absolutely on fire it's one of my favorite games i've watched so far this year so i'm going back to arkansas as a five and a half point dog and it's going to be a loser but i don't care so this is in fayetteville this is 330 cbs game steven catch lightning in a bottle twice that is the age-old question you can go outside have that bottle open catch it a&m wasn't too impressive at colorado their offense kind of stinks right and then colorado got smacked by minnesota their offense stinks too 
A plus B equals C, so I'm going to go with Arkansas. <laughs> wow. All right. I like the way you came to that. And later in the week, we will have a line for ECU Charleston Southern, and we'll pick that one. Before we let you go, uh, we've had a bit of a contentious 50 minutes, and it's only going to get worse because I have a statement to make about you, Stephen. Over the years, John Elway has struggled to bring in quarterbacks, and we have goofed on him. He is just not a good, does not have a good eye for talent at the quarterback position. And he's been catching a lot of the heat when really all along, somehow you haven't caught any of this heat. But I've realized over our chats, the Tannehill, the Taylor thing, who are good quarterbacks in this league, you, Stephen, cannot recognize talent at the quarterback position. You have been wrong time and time again. Who have who have I been wrong about? Paxton Lynch. I was excited about Paxton Lynch, but as soon as I saw him play an NFL game, I'm like, this is not going to work. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Tyrod Taylor. All right. Ryan Tannehill is in the most quarterback-friendly offense I've ever seen. He hands the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game. You put him in a quarterback-dependent system. He stinks. Tyrod Taylor can't stay healthy. He's never fully locked down a starting job. You're just proving my point now. You can't when you see a good quarterback, it looks foreign to you. You don't understand. When you see a bad quarterback, you're like, hey, I like that guy. He looks good. Are you trying to say Teddy Bridgewater is a bad quarterback? No, I'm saying he's a good quarterback, and you were crapping on him all offseason. Again, proving my point. Because I watched Teddy Bridgewater last year versus the Denver Broncos, and he was a less than stellar quarterback in that game. He lived up to the name Check Down Teddy, but now He's playing as Big Ball Teddy. And you're buying some kind of novelty t-shirt. Hell yeah, because it's an awesome t-shirt. Are you really going to buy that shirt? Yeah, well, actually, I didn't buy it. I got it for free. (laughs) (laughs) But, Steven, you continue to just miss on your quarterback picks. I was never a fan of Trevor Simeon. I never... I did like Brock Osweiler. And Brock Osweiler led the Broncos to a win over the undefeated Patriots in the snow in the Super Bowl year. Without Brock Osweiler clip, the Broncos do not get home fan advantage and the Denver Broncos do not win that Super Bowl because mm-hmm. Peyton Manning had a noodle arm. He stunk. He was year. not good, but the defense was elite. Uh, Brian Greasy, I always thought he sucked. Now, Jake Plummer, huge fan. <laughs> Brian Greasy? Brian Greasy was terrible. <laughs> Jake Plummer, good. Have you been listening to the Mannings? I, I watched the first week. I didn't watch this week. That's awesome. That's really good. Peyton, terrible quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching last night made me miss Peyton Manning as a player. Like he's just so. It was even better so this good. week, Stephen. Really? Mm-hmm. Pat McAfee's very entertaining. But Stephen, bottom line, you just are not a good talent evaluator at quarterback. That's fine. Okay. Oh, brother, this guy <laughs> stinks. Who, who should start at uh, quarterback behind Holden Ehlers? Who should start at quarter? You don't even know how many starters there are at quarterback. <laughs> I'm saying in the future. You fool. After <laughs> after Holton Ehlers is done Holton. as ECU's starting Holton quarterback. All ours. Uh, after Holton Ehlers. A little guy I like to call Stubbs. Stubbs? So you go Stubbs over Ryan Stubbs. I don't know. I hadn't You're seen the those quarterback guys. guru. <laughs> Mr. Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Tannehill. Look, when I see talent, I recognize it. I just, it's a gift. It's not even something you can train for. You're either born with it or you're not. So, 
How would you grade out uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson? Uh, on the funometer, he's a nine point five. I, you know what? I did. You know, I, you know, you're such a talent evaluator. I was not a fan of Zach Wilson. I said this. I said he was going to stink. Now right. he's a lot of fun because he chunks it downfield. But you think he's going to stink for the yeah career? My, I'm out there with that. Zach Wilson. He's going to be a bust. He's going to be a bust. Right. Uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Average eight and eight, nine and eight. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence will be a Pro Bowl quarterback. Mac Jones. TBD. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're Mr. Talent Evaluator. Let's look at your hot take. David Seals. I don't know who that is. The guy who started for the Texans. David Seals. David Seals. His name is Davis Mills. That's Davis enough. Mills. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who he is because I don't know who he is. Not a quarterback guy. Not a quarterback guy. This stands you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. <laughs> Steven, thanks for coming. I'm never coming back. <laughs> Davis Seals, he's a great quarterback. Who are you, Corey Chavis with Ricky, T and Silk? Ricky, Ricky Seals Jones. I didn't know who he was until last Thursday night after that great catch. But really, though, Davis, Davis Mills, Davis Mills, um, he's going to cover Thursday night. He's going to play a good game. He's going to play a good game. Yeah. Okay. Brandon Cooks, you heard it here first. QB, uh, I, was, I can't believe the Mannings hadn't invited me to their academy to speak to guys. <laughs> Maybe this year is the year. We have uh, Cliff, <laughs> Cliff Rock with us today. Man, he's uh, overweight. When did he play quarterback? <laughs> well, I won a Madden tournament in 2002 at EB Game World um, with – who was the uh, Redskins quarterback then? Probably Shane Matthews or something. I mean, I, I know – even I can mold bad quarterbacks into good QBs. We got to go. We're out of time. Stephen, we'll see you Saturday. You'll JP be here. Lossman. Not a good quarterback. <laughs> Not a good quarterback. Shirley, we need to make somebody a winner right now and open up the bootay bag. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Davis Seals. <laughs> All right, 317-1250. Chad says, hey, Igloo, you better keep the name of Ryan Tannethrill out of your mouth. I certainly will never say that. <laughs> okay. He's going to do what you say, Chad. Shirley, what are we giving away? A large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. Sounds like a winner. What call are we looking for? Uh, let's go with caller number eight today. All right. 317-1250. Redbeard says, if anyone's bad at evaluating quarterbacks, it's Tony Dunn. He said Teddy Two Gloves stinks. He's undefeated. There you go. Steven Iger said he stunk too. Just putting it out there. We're back after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer. With 28 locations to serve you, Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. 
And congratulations to Mitchell Daub of Pofftown, North Carolina. Picked up a large two-topping pizza, courtesy of Domino's. Domino's of Greenville has three locations to take care of you every day. All three topping pizzas are only $7.99 each for carryout only. Order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Barack. One day, uh, I'm actually going to make I go mad and he's never going to come back. <laughs> and it's going to be my fault. And uh, But, you know, sometimes you just got to tell it like it is. And I no, feel like I did Truth that. hurts sometimes. It does. Not a quarterback evaluator. That's Stephen Igo. But, but you are. <laughs> well, I, I just have that. You ab- are. Just admit it. I have that ability, Chandler. In fact, sometimes I'll uh, go to Pitt Memorial Hospital, which some, what I like to call Vidin, <laughs> and I'll go to um, where the babies are being born. And uh, tell if they're going to be quarterbacks or not. You can get a look at them and kind of tell, like, like maybe a baby's going like that. Non-athlete, dancer. Um, oh, he's uh, he's going to be a comedian. He's he's got a little funny streak in him, comedian. And then there are some that just boom, quarterback. And you can even tell sometimes, like Daniel Jones, quarterback. A lot of turnovers on this guy. Can you go back in time and like maybe? see a baby daniel jones in the nursery (laughs) dropping all his toys and just being like that is going to be a bad quarterback (laughs) daniel jones dropping the uh yeah all the toys and and everything all right uh let's hear speaking of quarterbacks mike houston talked about his quarterback and holden Naylor's performance on saturday night surely can we get a mike houston cut three por favor well, I mean, I think obviously you saw, you know, a, a subpar performance against South Carolina. He'll tell you that. Uh, and I thought you saw a really good performance the other night. And, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, I watch film every day, you know, multiple hours and watch practice every day and spend a lot of time evaluating every piece of this program. Uh, and so I promise you we're going to put the guys on the field that give us the best chance to be successful in every position. Uh, and it's uh, it's a deal where it's an open competition everywhere across the board, every day, every week. Uh, it's the reason you see guys playing. It's the reason you see Elijah Morris last year getting the opportunity he got. It's the reason you see you know guys making plays that maybe you know haven't been on the field. Uh, you know the guys are going to be on the field to give us the best chance to win. And uh, you know I believe in Holton. I know what he can do. Uh, watch him practice. Uh, it was good to see him go out and play. I thought he was very confident and very loose, and I thought he was very determined uh, last week, and I think he went out and he played very, very well. I mean, his decision-making was good. I thought he uh, did a good job with his accuracy. I thought he did a good job against a lot of pressure of not putting the ball at risk. You know, we had one ball on the ground, and it's just he needed to tuck that one a little bit faster. But, uh, you, know, he, you know, he had some pressure the other night, and I thought he played very, very well. So uh, he was a big reason we won the ball game. All right, there is Mike Houston. Uh, big performance by Holt Naylor is coming off a bad performance. Great to see him bounce back. Now you want to see that consistency, and you want to see it uh, kind of spread more throughout the game instead of just the last seven and a half minutes. But what a comeback for the Pirates the other night. Winning a close game, that has been an issue for this team over the years. And Mike Houston talked about learning how to win in those close games and the experience they got in that on Saturday. Cut four. Well, I think it's it's the piece of, of learning how to win, and we've been talking about it since I got here. And you, you look at some of the close losses we've had, 
Um, and last year you had some heartbreakers. Uh, so I think it was good to be in that situation where, you know, the kids throughout the fourth quarter didn't flinch. Uh, and especially, you know, after getting the touchdown, going out there for the onside kick, I thought we had confidence in the huddle for the onside kick. I thought we had, you know, just incredible execution. Uh, and that's a tough deal, too. I mean, you, it's, it's, it's different doing it out there on the practice field, you know, getting ready for it and all of a sudden doing it in a full stadium when everything's on the line. And that's a lot of adrenaline pressure and to be able to execute it uh, the way we did, I think that's very impressive by Owen and the, uh, and the onside kick team. But then when we got the ball back right there, 225 to go, three timeouts. I mean, you look in the huddle and there wasn't doubt. I mean, there was confidence in the huddle. And I think that's, that goes a long way from the first year when I was sitting in the huddle against Cincinnati and there was hope. Uh, and I just think that's maturity. I think that's growth. I think that's part of the process with the program with mental toughness and unity and team-minded, uh, you know, team mindset and supporting each other. And that's just that's what I saw the other night on the sidelines during that fourth quarter. And so it's, it's huge to win that game. Uh, and, you know, what you hope is it continues to give you that confidence, you know, in, in future games because I told the players at the beginning of the year, it's just like South Carolina – you know, a week and a half ago, you're going to be in close ball games. We're going to be in a bunch of ball games where it comes down to the final possession. Uh, and so, you know, being able to close those out is going to be the key to, you know, our success this year. All right, let's hear one more. Shirley, Mike Houston talking about how big this was for the team after the 0-2 start and uh, and moving forward with a victory and now trying to go 2-2 two and two in the month of September. This is cut five. Well, I mean, I mean you kicked yourself coming out of the, the one two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. You know, because you had you had a shot right there at the end, so you, you needed this one, and it's. Uh, I think the timing is, you know, it's it's what we had to have. You know, it, it would really put you behind the eight ball if if you had dropped that one the other night. You know, winning it, you know, gives you a lot of momentum going into this home game against Charleston Southern. So, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's a huge win for our program, and and it, you did it against a quality opponent who had blown out two teams coming into that game. You did it against a, a program that has, you know, a, a they have won for the past, you know, eight, ten years consistently. Seven-win team last year, picked to win Conference USA this year. You know, at at their place, a lot of stuff going against you. I mean, just you didn't go in there and beat just, you know, some slouch. You know, you, you beat a quality team, uh, and and you and you and you beat them. You know, playing your freaking tails off. And so I just think there's a lot there's a lot that can come out of that possibly for the program. All right, gotta love when so Mike. Let's go back to the onside kick after what you said. We got the uh, we cut that, Charlie. Right. Uh, gotta love when Mike Houston drops a freaking in there as he did just then, and then Bailey jumped in <laughs> out of nowhere. Brian Bailey run in out of nowhere. Yo, <laughs> yo, can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get our last break in. We will come back and we will have more for you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Wrapping up the Bud Light ECU report. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and it was a mixed day for the stock market today. The Dow was down 50 points at 33,919. The NASDAQ was up 32, however, at 14,746. The S&P was down 3 at 4,354. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC. Member SIPC. And taking a quick look at your Buccaneers scoreboard, there was one baseball game earlier today. The White Sox lose to the Tigers 5-3. Coming up at 6-10, it'll be the Royals taking on the Indians. The Orioles take on the Phillies at 7 o'clock. You can hear that game right here on Pirate Radio. Go Birds. And at 9-40, it'll be the Braves taking on the Diamondbacks. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. Uh, follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. And we'll see you at the Buck. Take it away, clip. Da buck. Da buck. Do you like baseball? Do you have 12 bucks? Yes. yes. Well, head on over to a store at Granger Stadium for some championship series baseball. Let's go. Tonight at 7 o'clock. You still got time to get there? Go Woody. Go Woody's. We'll talk to the voice of the Woody's, Matt Davis, coming up on Wednesday, as well as the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles. Bryce Williams was fired up after not only seeing. Shane Calhoun get involved in the game, but also a pirate win. Wearing his number. And Mully will be here on Wednesday as well. I know you're excited about that. I am, son. Why wouldn't you be, son? <laughs> uh, I think he'll be here. He'll either be here or on the phone. So a big Wait uh, to see what he has to say about the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah. Super oh, Bowl. Super Bowl. We're going to go to Super Bowl. <laughs> Who y'all playing on Thursday? Let's talk to Mully on uh, Wednesday's show as well. We'll see you then, Wednesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.